Attention, this is a public service announcement from the WRB Studios. The following episode that you are about to enjoy contains spoilers, heavy spoilers, spoilers for the entire Harry Potter series and universe. So if you've not yet had the privilege of finishing all seven books, please kindly proceed at your own will. Caution, caution, spoiler alert. Does she understand, said Harry distractedly, still looking around, trying to tell where the voice had come from. Loads more than I do, said Ron, shaking his head. But why she got to go to the library? Because that's what Hermione does, said Ron, shrugging. When in doubt, go to the library. Welcome to the We Read Books Podcast. Bow, bow, bow. Um, this is a show where we read books and then we talk about them because yep. it makes us happy. Yes. And hopefully it makes you happy too. Yes. That's what we're here to do. Right. Spread the joy. Yeah. Put a smile on that face. That sounded a little more menacing than <laughs> <laughs> to do. It was giving me like Joker vibes. Yeah. As it was coming out of my mouth, I was like, this is not what you intended. <laughs> but here it goes. <laughs> Isn't that what he says? Like when yeah. he's. Cause Put he, a smile on that. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. His dad's like talking to him. I haven't watched Batman too many times. <laughs> oh, gosh. So many times you just forget when you're quoting it. Yep. Honestly, though, that is my favorite Batman. I know it's mm-hmm. probably like kind of a cliche favorite to have, but I just feel like Heath Ledger's Joker is unparalleled. Yeah. Now, I honestly, I don't think it's cliche to lo- at all. I really actually don't think that, not that I think Christian Bale is not liked, but I feel like he's not one I typically hear brought up. Mm-hmm. A lot of people either, you know, of course, our household, it's Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. <laughs> but um, I actually uh, really love Kevin Conroy, who did the voice for Batman for the animated series. Mm-hmm. He's my Batman, but then, of course, Michael Keaton and Caleb loves Michael Keaton. But I just feel like, yeah, Christian Bale, people either, like, loved him or hated him. Yeah. And, of course, it had to do with, like, the Batman voice that he did. But Right. He, man can't be out here using his schmoozy Bruce Wayne voice. Okay? Right. Spoiler alert. Right. Batman is Bruce Wayne. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, yeah. I don't I don't think it's cliche at all. And, I actually, I think it's cool that he's your favorite Batman. Yeah. Well, 
It's really just because of Heath Ledger. Yeah. <laughs> it's your rest... favorite Batman story. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I gotcha. Yeah. I uh, I thought that um, Joaquin Phoenix did a good job in Joker, mm-hmm. but that movie was so goddamn depressing. I didn't see it for that very reason. I have a I have a gut reaction to a trailer, and if it tells me this is going to devastate my soul, mm-hmm. I don't watch it. Listen, <laughs> don't watch it. See, and that's the problem with that movie. We watched it, like, maybe a month or two mm-hmm. after it came out. We rented two movies for Valentine's Day. <laughs> one of them was Joker, <laughs> and one of them was, like, a comedy. Yeah. And I knew that Joker was like, this version was going to be a little darker, mm-hmm. but I was still expecting superhero vibes. Yeah, not just a commentary on... Mental health. Yeah, and society. <laughs> and how they... Whenever we were done watching it, I was like, what on earth? <laughs> Why is no one talking about how so horribly depressing this movie is? Yeah. It was... Oof. It was upsettingly depressing. Like, I can watch a sad movie. Yeah, yes. Sad is one thing. Moving, you know, or even something that that makes you think, like we talked about, like, 1984. Mm -hmm. But, like, that looked soul-crushing. It really was. Oof. We were both just sitting in our living room, like, (laughs) what do we do now? Right? (laughs) How do I... What, how do I take the next step into my life? <laughs> we can't go anywhere from here. <laughs> so was did uh, Joaquin Phoenix act that well? Yeah. Will I ever want to watch that movie again? No. No. Never again. No. Oh, gosh. I'm so sorry. Well, the one who had her <laughs> entire being crushed by the movie Joker, that is mad. <laughs> And that's Wit. And she has saved herself from total soul-crushing annihilation. (laughs) (laughs) And this was like... I think I still worked at the court when that movie came out. This was like pre-COVID. Like, just pre-COVID. For some reason... Like, I have zero concept of time. Like, things that happened five years ago, I'm like, that just came out, right? And then stuff that that happened, like... 30 years ago, I'm like, that was only five years ago. Like, I... (laughs) (laughs) I know. I know. The only reason I can, like, kind of, like, demarcate different segments is because I remember when that movie... When we were deciding on what movies we were going to watch for Valentine's Day, I was still at the court because Amy was like, oh, yeah, it was good. It was sad, but it was good. Yeah. And so I was like, okay. I can handle that. <laughs> she didn't tell you that you were going to need actual therapy afterwards. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yellow. Sad. Yikes. Thanks, Amy. <laughs> Shout still, out to Amy. Still bothered. <laughs> oh my gosh. This week, <laughs> we are doing the continuation of our HP series. Yup. With the Chamber of Secrets. Yes, yes. Yeah. The second book in the Harry Potter series, if you didn't know. Yep. But uh, if you if you enjoy us and our random conversation, you can follow us on our social channels on Instagram and TikTok. It's We Read Books Pod. And then our email, if you would like to send in comments, questions, suggestions, mm-hmm. nothing rude. As we've said before, rude free zone. 
Uh, <laughs> so <Correct>. we <laughs> we read books pod two three at gmail.com. Yep. Yarp. I did not put info about the novel in the outline. <laughs> I noticed that when I was reading it. I was like, oh, yeah, we should add something before I leave the house. And I forgot as well. So it's not all on you. Um, so I, I don't think we need to, like, elaborate on the success of this novel. It kind of speaks for itself. Agreed. You know, we kind of covered the massive level of success that these books have in our <laughs> last episode. Yes. Um, so we'll just say that this is obviously by J.K. Rowling, and it was published July 2nd, 1998. Whoa! <laughs> 98. So five years ago. <laughs> five years ago. In Whitney time. <laughs> On July 2nd of 1998, I was still seven. I was ten. I would. I, I survived a decade at that point. <laughs> I would be turning eight in like just two but weeks. a yeah, just a hop skip. Yeah, and you were eight. Yeah, maybe one of the reasons I loved Harry Potter so much as a child is because it's all like in July. Yeah, yeah. Usually you come into the story in July at the beginning of all the books. Yep. They were usually released in July. The movies usually released in July. It just felt like they were personally they celebrating were, your birthday. They were there for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The release of the very last film was three days before my birthday. Right. And so. because you did that big special showing. Yeah. Right? yeah. So cool. Yep. We gate crashed special showing accidentally. Jury, jury was very anxious about it. <laughs> it was completely innocent, too. Like, yeah. We were not trying to gate crash. We had, like, midnight release tickets. Yeah. And the way that it... Because we were in Orlando in uh, City Walk, mm-hmm. like, right there. And the AMC, we were there at, like, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Because you got to get in line. Yeah. This was not assigned seats. No. So we saw where the line was starting, and there were, like, four or five people in line. And we were hungry, and the AMC had a, uh, like, restaurant in the theater. Mm -hmm. So we were like, and this is July in Florida. Mm. We're like, okay, let's go in there and eat, and if we notice the line getting crazy or starting to, like, fill up quick, we'll just pop right out of the line. Right. No big deal. So we go in the doors, and they look at our tickets, and the guy's like, oh, yeah. You just go up this escalator, and it's the theater, like, on your left. And I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, shit, are we allowed to, like, go in and sit until the movie starts? Are you serious? (laughs) And so we just followed direction. Yeah. And then we got to the top of the escalator, and someone checked our tickets, ripped our tickets, gave us our 3D glasses, and they're like, okay, go over to the theater. And on we were walking in, and a third person checked our tickets. (laughs) And they were like, okay, yeah, yeah, sit anywhere you want. So we go in, we sit, we're vibing, chilling, and... You're thinking, we got great seats, and we're just going to be hanging out for a few hours, but no big deal. I was like, what are those idiots down there doing standing in the line? Yeah. And so we're just sitting there, and there's a girl sitting next to me, she's like, got her wand, she's got a book, and she's like, I can't believe it starts in like half an hour. I was like, huh? (laughs) Mm-hmm. And 
I didn't say anything to her, but I mm-hmm. felt Jury like get tense, and I was yeah. like, I think I don't think we're supposed to be here. And she's like, we should leave. And I was like, they've ripped our tickets already. Right. Three people checked our tickets that right. work here. It, like, it would be harder to explain leaving and then trying to get back in with ripped tickets. Exactly. That would have been a nightmare. Yeah. And I was like, we're staying. I have literally been waiting to see this film since I was like nine. <laughs> we're staying. Right. And she was like, but if it fills up and there are people that don't have seats. And I was like, listen, <laughs> we're staying. Right. People will stand in the aisles for this, okay? Yeah. Everyone's going to be fine. Yep. So we stayed, watched the movie, and it was great and excellent. And seeing it, like, it was the Leaky Con, like, group. Oh, sick. Yeah. Those are true, true fans. True blue fans. They were, like, in the, like, waiting for the film to start. There was a bunch of people, like, standing in the front having pretend duels with their wands, like... You really people had were, the most exceptional experience. Your midnight, your midnight people would not have been that. And they were like super interactive through the whole movie, like on the big parts. They yeah, would like cheer and yell. And the first time you see Neville pop up, this is like, and this is Deathly Hallows Part Two. Like shit is real. <laughs> the first time you see Neville, everyone's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> so even back in 2011, Neville was like fan fave right oh so, that's awesome it was very fun and exciting we also couldn't really hear that much dialogue because of all the talking yeah. so we caught a matinee the next day but smart smart but no. it was like a very cool way to see the very last film awesome. and completely innocent yeah that would not have gone off if it was intentional in they three different people yeah that's not your fault this no. was fate it was. It really was. We were supposed to be in that showing. Yeah. I would love to go to LeakyCon. I think that would be so fun. I agree. Yeah. The fact that there's still a LeakyCon going on yearly. Yeah. And the movies haven't come out for years. Literally. That just shows how solidified this franchise is. It's, yeah, cemented. Yeah. It's forever. Right. Maybe when the show starts coming out we will be able to maybe catch, like, a season finale with the Leaky Con. Oh, that'd be sick. That'd be pretty sick. Future plans. Future plans. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. Well, uh, if you listened to the first one or you've just, like, lived in this world for, you know, long enough, you've heard about Harry Potter. We're not going to go over the previous characters like we'll, yeah. we'll mention them throughout the recap but right we're we can't go through we could but we're, we're not gonna go through all those it. people before yeah in the last one that were important but we will go over some of the ones that are newly important yes. in this one exactly so first on the list is jenny weasley love the weasleys love me some weasleys <laughs> um so we did meet her in the first book but very like Sparingly, yeah, briefly. Um, but she is more prominent in this book. She's actually in her first year at Hogwarts in this book, so mm-hmm. uh, we get to hang out with her a little more. And we also meet Arthur Weasley in this book, which is very exciting. Yes. And he does not ask about the function of a rubber duck. No. In the book. No. That is purely movie, and honestly, even whenever that movie first came out in 2002, I was like, no. Arthur Weasley would not ask that. He literally works in 
like the muggle department of the ministry, if the man doesn't know what a rubber duck is or isn't. That it has no function? Right. Then I would be concerned for his ability to do his job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's smarter than the movies give him credit for. He is. And I mean, he, he does get like excited when muggle things come up like yes. using muggle money and like taking the escalator and all of that stuff yeah but rubber ducks come on <laughs> you couldn't have picked like a if you wanted him to ask harry about a very rudimentary muggle thing yeah have him ask a, ask him about something else like yeah. the function of like i don't know a television or or not even the function of, but, like, how does it work without yeah. magic yeah. kind of thing or something? Yeah. What's up with the television? Yeah. How does an airplane stay up? Do you ever wonder why wizards... I forget. Is it... Doesn't... The, I think the books eventually say, but is it, like, electricity sort of interferes with magic or something? I think the magic interferes with the electricity. Oh, okay. Vice yeah. versa. That yeah. makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. Because I think it's, that like, the... Muggle things don't work around uh, very concentrated places of magic because it makes them, like, go wild. Hey, yeah, that makes sense. That that makes more sense, actually, yeah. than the way that I had it. <laughs> Such is my brain. So, uh, then we have Dobby. He is a house elf mm. for a mysterious family. Mm. Yep, he is. The re- reading it, it's like the clues are all pretty much right there but it's yeah. a mystery nonetheless <laughs> nonetheless um then we also meet gilderoy lockhart oh boy <laughs> <laughs> he is a famous writer self-important he's airbag <laughs> uh yeah he's famous for writing these books where he does miraculous things and saves people from mm-hmm. ghouls and werewolves and banshees and whatever else all manner of are. dark creatures um so he's written all these books and he's super famous and he won which weekly's best smile <laughs> um and he's the new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher because Quirrell is dead. Gonzo. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have Lucius Malfoy or Lucius Malfoy. I I say Lucius, but um, Lucius. Either way, I think I say it both ways. I do too. <laughs> so it's way. a Draco's daddy. Yeah, he is a school governor. Yes, or something along he those is. lines. He is. And he is also a very self-important man, but in a very different way. Yes. He is kind of a, like, rich, wizarding hotshot because he's, like, a pure blood and... Snobby jerk. Snobby jerk. And yeah. his name sounds like it's from a porn. <laughs> Lucius. Oh. Oh. Lucious. I bet there's people out there that call him Luscious Malfoy. Luscious. <laughs> oh my god. Um, first of all, I came across a reel the other day on Instagram, and it was like if Gen Z was at Hogwarts or whatever, and they referred to Voldemort as Vol Daddy. No! And Dumbledore as Dumble Daddy. No! <laughs> I have to scream away from the microphone. No! 
I no. really, literally almost peed my pants. Was it Voldemort <laughs> and his, like, white skin, like, appearance? I It didn't, like, sh- I don't know. I honestly Ew. don't know. I mean, on vol daddy, like voles (laughs) are like little creatures in the ground that jack up your yard. Like they look like little mice rats, (laughs) first of all. And then he, ew, ew. (laughs) Vol daddy. It's Uh, just, it was just like the most hilarious thing I've ever seen. Uh, Rafe finds is a handsome man, but as Voldemort. Not handsome. Not at all. He's actually like it. It I I it makes me physically uncomfortable. Yeah. I don't know what it is. Yeah. I don't know if, like if they've done something to like the shapes of his like teeth and like other. I think obviously, they, did. they made his like nose go away and stuff. But there's just th- I just ew. Yeah. I, <laughs> they don't make him look. He's not supposed to be like handsome anymore. I am glad that they didn't go the route of like picking and like. A hot dude, so you're like, well, he's evil, but I mean, look at him. Hey, you know, you're supposed I'm to in be my villain era, right? Hey. <laughs> right, you're supposed to be disgusted by him. I think, right? I think so. And they did a good job. Yeah, but. because they make, especially later in the books, they make an make it a point to say how handsome he was when he was a kid and going through Hogwarts and mm. right after he was out of Hogwarts and before he started like doing all this wild shit. Yeah, he was like like arrestingly handsome yeah like i always pictured him to look similar to like cedric diggory mm-hmm. yeah and like really but just smart, like a really dark handsome. yeah like version. like mm-hmm. the villain version of cedric diggory yeah and then it talks about how like stark his yeah. features started to become like waxy yeah and, yeah yeah Mm-mm. Uh, jason isaacs though handsome handsome and with a long blonde wig, I mean... Still handsome. Still handsome. Sometimes a long blonde wig will really do wonders for you, like uh, Matt Smith in House of the Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> that could just simply be, like, a swag factor. Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. I when I see Matt Smith just as Matt Smith, I don't think he's unattractive. Mm-hmm. And I'm always a sucker for someone British. Just wait till you see him in a bow tie, baby. A British accent (laughs) will get me every time. Yeah. And I just assume they're hot. Like, if I just hear them, I'm like, oh yeah, that's hot. (laughs) Just assume you're super attractive. (laughs) But, um, Matt Smith is Damon in House of the Dragon. I was like, God. Excuse me? Why are you so much hotter like that? Why? That's that, his look. That's that's the one, I guess. It's not even that great of a lace front. You should have hired a drag queen to lay that shit. <laughs> I mean, still looks good. Oh my goodness. That's too funny. <laughs> I think the youth would call that Riz. Oh. <laughs> I've been learning new jargon these days. Oh man. Apparent, apparently Riz is the abbreviation of charisma. Oh, okay, because so. I've heard Riz and 90-year-old me is just like, yeah, what's that? Well, and I've <laughs> never... That makes more sense. <laughs> I don't think I've used any new slang since, like, I think the main slang terms that I use are from the 90s, when I was yeah. a young child. Like, and that's rad of you. <laughs> <laughs> I say things like, sick, bro, and dude. Heck yes. <laughs> The rest of the slang I've just never picked up. No, I mean, I think, 
I've never even used, I've used it jokingly, been like, that's fire. And then you just heard it, how gross that sounded coming from me. (laughs) Yeah, I don't ever say it's fire because I just don't like it. I just don't like how it feels when it comes out. No. But uh, lit sometimes, but that's usually also joking. Right. It's going to be sick for me. Like, that is sick. I will say that I started saying that's sick when I was in high school as mm-hmm. a joke. <laughs> and now you use it <laughs> now I say legitimately. It legitimately. I'm like, oh, so yeah. sick, dude. I wish I remembered rad <laughs> more often because especially oh, yeah. when I was young, I had a shirt that said, I'm rad, you're rad, let's hug. Yeah. I would for sure wear that shirt <laughs> minus the let's hug. Like, you know, I, I'm a hugger with my friends, but not with strangers. No stranger uh, danger. No. But I loved that shirt, and I I would rock the I'm rad, you're Mm -hmm. rad. Yeah. We're all rad. For sure. Like, I'm cool with it. Just take a Sharpie and, like, mark out the let's hug. Right. Let's not hug. Right. (laughs) Let's keep a safe distance. Yeah. (laughs) And keep our radness intact. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Don't cross the streams. Don't cross the radness. Keep it (laughs) sip. Yeah. I'll be rad over here, and you be rad over there. Perfect. And we'll all stay happy. (laughs) Yeah. We need to make t-shirts. We've already come up with a couple good ideas. I know. Tonight. If anybody steals our ideas and I see them on the internet in like a month, I'm be, I'm be pretty mad. Yeah. We're just giving out dollars. As they say, we would be salty about it. Least, uh, I do say salty sometimes. Yeah, I do too. <laughs> That's a good one though. It is. That one That one makes sense in my brain. It so does. So many of them just don't make sense in my no. brain. Mm-mm. Like, um, God, what was it? Dakota... Because Dakota listens to, like, a lot of, uh, watches, like, YouTube with, like, some younger people. Mm-hmm. And so he hears a lot more of the slang than I do. Because I, like, 90% of the time listen to books, so you're not getting any slang. No. So I get all of my information from yeah. Dakota. Oh, <laughs> another one that doesn't feel right is Gucci. For some reason, I'm like, oh. oh, that's Gucci. Ugh, I don't like oh, it. Oh, yeah, I don't like that either. Oh, what is the one I'm thinking of that makes no sense to me? Oh, it's Cap. Like, I've never even <laughs> heard that one. They'll say, like, no Cap. And when he said it, I thought, okay, so that means, like, it's overflowing. Like, it's above oh. the threshold. Gotcha, okay. Like, that's what it means what to thought. me. Yeah. That is not even close. It apparently means, like, no lie. Oh. I was like, but but why, though? Why not just say no lie? Yeah, it's... No cap? No cap, to me, means no limit. Right. I was going to say, like, the cap's off. The cap's off. We're ready to go. <laughs> we have no limits, no right. restrictions. Right. Free. That's what it means in my brain. That's how we're going to use it. <laughs> and I, when he told me that, I was like, uh, I can't. I can't without one. Nope. And then I hear it on TikTok a lot, and I just, yeah. every time I hear it, I'm just like, ooh, yeah. nope, don't like that one. We're going to reclaim that one. Yeah. Reclaim, redefine. <laughs> yeah. There's no cap on the amount of fun we're going to have. Yeah. That's how it should be used. Right. Get it together, youngins. Yeah. You youths. You youths. <laughs> Speaking of youths, mm-hmm. our next new character is a youth called, or named... Called, named, whatever. Tom Riddle. Tom. We don't know. Well, we know we know much about Tom. We're we not going to tell Tom. you at this very moment. So he's yeah. just a student 
from 50 years ago at, at Hogwarts. Hogwarts. So yep. you'll see old, why he's relevant. Good old Tom. Eventually. And then we get Aragog. Oh. Aragog yeah. is a... Technically, his technical term is an acromantula. A giant heckin' spider. Like, so huge. <laughs> uh, no. Maddie's not... I mean, no No one's really... No one's really... Not no one. There are bug people out there that love spiders. But your average person is not super fan of spiders. Yeah. Maddie is, like, extra not a super fan. Yeah, extra not cool with the spideys. Um, I have been... Um, getting a little better and just when I find see a spider and then my house usually I will just let it do its thing I won't uh, kill it because I know that it's probably I don't like any bugs I don't either so. I, I don't like any bugs at all and so the spiders are probably taking care of that bug problem right so we don't really have too many bugs in our house right um I and just, I'm sure the dark forest there is very bug-free. Yeah. And if not, I don't know what these things are eating. Yeah, because they're, like, huge, huge. Mm-hmm. Even the babies. Yep. Because there are more. Yeah, the babies are, like, the size of an SUV. <laughs> and Yikes. so the big one, the father, the grandfather, <laughs> he's the size of a house. He's a large boy. So big. And then Oof. we've got a little boy named Colin Creevy. It's his first year at Hogwarts this year. It is, and he's a Gryffindor, and he loves to take photos. Is he a Muggleborn? Mm-hmm. He's not, like, half and half. He is... Yeah. Cool. He's Muggleborn. Yeah. Yep. He's very excited, and he tells Harry, oh, I somebody in my class told me that if I develop this in the right potion, the characters will move. Yeah, he's all about taking photos, that yeah. Colin Creepy. Yeah. Oh, he's so precious. I know he is so precious. And then we got good old Ernie McMillan. He's a Hufflepuff. A little sassy. He is. But sometimes we like a little sassy best yeah. friend, so, you know. I like Aaron. Aaron. Ernie. Ernie. <laughs> I like Ernie. He, he, he's, yeah, he ends up being a cool character. Yeah, so. he is. Sometimes you gotta have a little, you gotta have somebody around with a little attitude. Yeah, and I like that we have, like, more other students from other houses. Yeah. Yes. We get, we get a lot of Hufflepuffs in this and yeah. some Slytherins. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's nice. It is. And then we have another Hufflepuff, Justin Finch Fletchley. That's right. And he's another... Muggleborn. Yeah. I'm not sure Ernie McMillan. No, I think Ernie is just he's, he's comes just, from a wizarding family. Yeah, I yeah. think he's a wizarding family child. Right. So that brings us up to our major plot points. Yeah, let's get into it. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Into the plot. So first, we're starting off our story with the worst birthday. And why is it the worst? You ask because he's with the Dursleys. Yeah, that's right. We're back at Privet Drive, and the Dursleys are still pretty terrible. They did not improve upon their separation from Harry. No. Absence did not make their hearts grow any fonder. No. In fact, they actually might have gotten a little worse. Oh, yes, by far. Mm-hmm. So, um, it is Harry's 12th birthday. Mm-hmm. 
And um, he's now in the second bedroom, or like the smallest bedroom. Yes. He's no longer in the cupboard under the stairs. Right. Which I think happens in the first book. Yes, he gets the second bedroom. They're thinking that will deter the letters somehow. It doesn't work. But yes, in the first book, different than the movie, he he does get moved into that bedroom. Yeah. Earlier on. But yes, it's... At least they didn't demote him back down to the cupboard. He's still in the bedroom. Yeah. But his shit, his school stuff is locked in the cupboard. Right. Because they just don't want him out here meddling with his Hogwarts things. Right. It's possible that maybe he didn't tell them that you can't do magic outside of school. Right. So perhaps he's using that as a tiny bit of leverage for them to be a little bit less horrible to him. Not that it really works. Right. But he gets, like, you know, a, a second of glee out of, like, you know, like, I like that he teases Dudley when mm. Dudley asks for something or demands something, probably mm. more likely. He's like, you didn't say the magic word. And they're all like, oh, magic. He's like, no, I literally meant please. Like, I actually don't even know he meant to be yeah. mean in that moment. But yeah. <laughs> still, it's just like, get over it. Come on. But yeah, so, but it's, it's Harry's birthday, but they don't give two hoots because Uncle Vernon has a very important client from his drill company coming over for dinner. And that is the main event of the evening. Yep. We don't give two crockpots about Harry's birthday. No. And honestly, they don't ever really. No. So. No. But, uh. What he is most upset about, really, is that he hasn't gotten any letters from Ron or Hermione at this point. Yeah, not Hagrid, no one. He's no heard one. nothing from any of his friends yep. or people that he cares about, so it's pretty bummer Yeah, so he's sad in that regard. Yeah. And he's confused. Mm-hmm. And then the Dursleys are being Dursleys. Right. And they are rehearsing what they're going to say to these two people that are coming over for dinner. Right. And Harry is just supposed to stay in his room. Mm-hmm. He's supposed to pretend he's not even there. Yeah, they make him repeat over make, and over. I'll be no in my room is. pretending like I don't exist. Yep. So that's his role. So that's super empowering to the uh, emotional <laughs> yeah. nugget inside. Yeah. A wee little 12-year-old. Right. Yeah. I'm sure that doesn't have any emotional impact on him whatsoever. Oh, none. Zero. None. So, that's that's where we are. Chapter one. Chapter one. Next chapter. Dobby's warning. Yep. So, while being sequestered to his room, making no, no, no noise and pretending like he doesn't exist, uh, pardon me, he walks in, there's a house elf on his bed. Yep. And uh, he keeps, not keeps, he starts by you know, gushing over Harry. He's heard of his greatness and all this stuff. And he's here to warn Harry not to go back to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry this year because mm-hmm. nefarious plans are afoot. Yeah, bad things are going to happen. But he won't tell him what and he won't right. tell him why. Right. And Dobby is sort of trying to allude to things, but anytime he gets kind of close to revealing something he's not supposed to, he harms himself. Yeah. So, like, he'll start hitting himself with a lamp, and he's making all these noises. And, of course, Uncle Vernon gets mad and comes upstairs and is like, oh, it's the cat, you know. Yeah. Gets up there, yells at Harry. Harry's like, my bad. 
<laughs> but yeah, uh, Dobby is just very adamant that he doesn't want Harry to go to, back to school. Mm-hmm. Harry's like, no way, Jose. I'm not sticking with these people for longer than I absolutely have to. Yep. So then Dobby proceeds to run into the kitchen. And I think just he makes the cake fall on Harry or just fall on the ground. I. It doesn't get dropped on the woman like it does in the movie. No, I think it just drops on the ground and then just like kind of splatters, splatters. everywhere. Because Aunt yeah. Petunia made this beautiful cake, not for Harry's birthday, but for their guests. Yeah. And Harry... It seems as if to the family, because, you know, Dobby does it and then disappears. Right. Then Harry's just there holding the... Holding his hands in yeah. the air, <laughs> essentially. Holding the whipped cream, as it were. Right. <laughs> and uh, looks very guilty. And then they're like, oh, he's disturbed. And yeah. then an owl comes with a letter saying that he's in trouble for using... Underage magic. Yep. Outside of school. Yep. And actually, the night could have been salvaged for Uncle Vernon with with the cake. The thing that really messed it up was the owl swooping into the house. It freaked out his clients. Yeah. Because the, the guy's wife apparently is deathly afraid of birds. Right. They storm out. The letter's revealed. Harry's in trouble for using underage magic. Yep. He gets in the presence of warning. uncles. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Yikes. So... He's not expelled or anything, but yeah, it's an official warning. And then now the the Dursleys know that he is not allowed to use magic. So now they're less scared slash hesitant around him. Right. So their uh, meanness is in full force yet again. It is. It is. They are so mad that they lock him in his room and put bars on his window. Psychopaths. That's incredibly psycho, actually. So, you know. Especially for a well-behaved boy like Harry Potter. But I know. He, like, isn't doing anything. Nope. And I, they know he can't use magic now, so. Right. What's I know. the point? It's silly. So, anyway, that brings us to chapter three. The Burrow. The Burrow. <laughs> um, so, here we are. Harry's in his room, locked away. He's got a cat flap that Aunt Petunia shoves food in three times a day. And barely can you call that food. Yeah. So he's just like, what, what? I think his last thought is at least whenever it's time for school to start, people will start wondering where he is. Right. When he doesn't show up to school. Yeah. So he's like, oh, I guess that's something. Yeah. And his owl Hedwig is with him. He yeah. has to parcel some of his food to feed her because yep. they don't give a crap about yeah. that owl. They don't. They don't. So, um. They're basically starving him. Yeah. This is what we like to call child abuse. To the utmost degree. Yet somehow he still has to stay with these people. Yeah. I know. Make it make sense. But it is what it is. It is what it is. For the story and, I guess, character development, it's just something we have to accept. You just, <laughs> yep. It's one of those plot points that you just have to accept and move on. Right. Um, you know, it's something that people do kind of get hung up on thinking about it as an adult. Like, right. Looking at it through an adult lens. You're like, yeah, that's um, child abuse. Why is no one doing anything? Like, mm-hmm. why didn't the neighbors see them put bars on this child's window and <laughs> call, 
like, social services or something. But, um, you know, this is a story, and we have to, like, progress through the story, so. Right. And there are reasons in the book. Yeah, the reason he has to go back to the Dursleys is because of, like, when Lily died for Harry, that protection is in her blood. Petunia is her... Your sibling is your closest DNA relative of anyone else on Earth, so mm. her protection also would be in Aunt Petunia's blood, so Dumbledore does like the charm. That means when Harry is at Privet Drive, he cannot be taken, or like Voldemort, none of his supporters could get him while he's there. Right. So that's the reason. Right. You know, someone should be threatening uh, some adult wizard should be threatening to curse them for being so horrible. Right. And I think this is explained to Petunia. I'm pretty sure that Dumbledore explains this to her at some point. Eventually. Yes. But I think even whenever Harry's like little, it's explained to her, at least in like the letter that Dumbledore leaves Mm -hmm. with Harry on the doorstep. It probably just fuels her. Yeah. Because I think it's, like, the literally the only reason that they keep him. Probably. Yeah, so, but, yeah, I do agree that I think <laughs> whenever it's, like, noticed that they're not really taking good mm-hmm. care of him, maybe Dumbledore should have been, like, listen, I'm going to know mm-hmm. how you treat him. You need to, you need to figure it out because this is not good <laughs> right um i'm a wizard right i know and we want to keep him humble and stuff but yeah this is yeah. beyond humble. i know we want to keep him away from the wizarding world he's safer not in the wizarding world at this mm-hmm. point we don't want him to grow up with this weird fame i get that but you still need to not treat him like he's your servant and not make him sleep in a cupboard. Mm-hmm. And feed him actual food. Feed him legitimate food. Not like, oh, we ate pot roast for dinner. Here's bread and butter. Right. Now get upstairs. Right. I, I would be thrilled with bread and butter, but yeah, to most folks, that is not That's a not meal. <laughs> a meal. That's a snack. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, I do agree that Dumbledore probably should have... Right. Showed up and maybe had a little right tete-a-tete yes. with the Dursleys, yes. but... And I think maybe he says something to her later, or there's like a remember Petunia moment later, but... Yeah, I think... I, I'm listening to book five right now, and yeah. it happens in book five. Okay, so... And I think at the beginning of book six, when he actually goes to the Dursleys to talk about, um, like, Sirius's death, mm-hmm. and that Harry has to come back one more time mm-hmm. after that... Um, for the protection purposes or whatever, uh, Dumbledore does say, you never treated him like he was your son. You never loved him. You were downright nasty to mm-hmm. him, but you did allow him house room, and that's why he's still alive. Mm-hmm. So he does chastise them. But at that point, Harry's freaking 16 years old. Like, he's, you know... <laughs> too little, too late. Could have helped him a little before that, but yeah, that Dumbledore. gripe is out there now, and we can just yeah. continue. <laughs> we, we've addressed the elephant in the room, right? and now we can move on. Right. Yeah, so Harry is just laying in his bed, whatever, and some headlights are shining in his second floor window. 
Strange. That's not a usual occurrence. No. So Harry thinks he's dreaming. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I'm dreaming, but I'm awake. Hmm. So, turns out that the Weasleys have a flying car. Yay, yay. Duh. <laughs> and Fred, George, and Ron have stolen it. Not stolen it, but Borrowed. snuck it out. <laughs> They've snuck it out and are going to bust Harry out. Right. Ron eventually is thinking, I haven't heard from my best friend yeah. all summer. Something is up. I got to yeah. go check on it. I need to get over there. Thank goodness for Ronald Weasley. That's right. And Fred and George, because... They're ballsy. Yeah. They're not afraid to, yeah, let's just get in the car and fly it over. Heck yeah. No big deal. Heck yeah. Yeah, they're they're great friends to Harry as well, actually. They really are. On the Quidditch pitch and just in general. For real skis. So yeah, they come, break him loose. It causes pandemonium Mm, in the house. We don't care. He finally gets free. And then we get to go to the burrow. Yep. And it is sounds like the coziest, most wonderful, amazing house on the planet. I want to be adopted. I love yeah. my family, but I would love to live in the Weasley house. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously, if you're going to pick any Wizarding World family to be a part of, it's the Weasleys. Absolutely. Clearly. Mm-hmm. We don't really see other families, though. That's true. I mean, the Love Goods, which mm-hmm. is just Luna and... Xenophilius, mm-hmm. but uh, we don't really other see other good full wizarding families. Yeah, we see most members of the Black family, but mm-hmm. the only one that's like good is Sirius, right? And Regulus at the end, but yeah, and his house is pretty like sad. Yeah, <laughs> I mean maybe that house is sick though. It probably is really <laughs> cool looking. Yeah, but there's a lot of creepy stuff in there. The too. heads on the walls. No. <laughs> No, no. Oof, oofa doofa. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so we just kind of get some, I mean, of course, Molly like flips her lid as yeah, she should because the kids pissed. were gone. They, they took the car that Arthur's not even supposed to have. Yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Allegedly he like, you know, put a spell on this car so that it would fly. We can't say, we won't say either way. We're not going to incriminate. Yeah. Allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly. So yeah, she's mad, but you know. She gets over it. Mm-hmm. She punishes the boys by making them, like, do chores and stuff. It's yeah. fine. But we get to see denoming of the garden, and apparently they have a ghoul in the attic. Yeah. And we just get to see a little snippets of life yeah. in the Weasley household. And it's nice. It's nice. It's and nice. they're, you know, it's like, obviously the Weasleys do not have a lot of money, so their house is, like, really hodgepodge together, and it says it looks like it started out as, like, a pigsty that was built up and add floor and floor and floor and floor and then Harry like thinks to himself it looks like it's only held up by magic and he's like oh right it probably is which is true and he's just but Ron's like I know it's not much and Harry's like it's the best house I've ever seen yep yep so which is so sweet so sweet I need, I, I, we can move on, but I I just, I need to know more about this ghoul. Like, did it just go up there one day? They just, like, let it hang? Like, they just, it's part of the fan now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What's weird about, I, I'm not really sure exactly what this iteration of a ghoul is supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Because, like, 
I've looked up what a ghoul is, like, in, like, mythologically and folklore Mm -hmm. type situation, and it's, like, an entity that feeds on children and also steals your coins. Oh. I was gonna say, I've heard versions where it's, like, a creature that, like, eats human flesh. Mm -hmm. Not unlike a zombie, but not like a zombie. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So that, but these just seem kind of like lazy and, but still kind of frightening. Like they, Mm -hmm. at some point someone gets mad and they threaten to set the The ghoul ghoul. on someone. So I just need more facts. I need to get out my, um, Fantastic Beasts somewhere to find them book. Cause I'm pretty sure ghouls gotta be in there. Cause they're a creature. Yeah. Yeah. It's a creature. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like a, technically a dark creature maybe i would think so gilderoy lockhart has the book gadding with ghouls or whatever yes so i agree so yeah we get some burrow time and then the next chapter is at flourish and blots yep so the school book lists arrive and um they all need to go to diagon alley to get their books and the Weasleys are stressed a little because there's a lot of Lockhart books on there. Those things ain't cheap. And they be expensive. It's not like one textbook. These are his, like, published it's, works. It's like his full published works, which you know he... That was so self-serving. Like, oh, 100%. he's out here collecting that coin. Boosting his book sales. all of the students of Hogwarts. Yeah. Making them buy his collection and you know oh i can't even no i can't i can't even go here because yeah he just you greedy little bitch yes thank you for saying it <laughs> yes. i've literally never thought about it in that way until yeah. this moment right here yeah but i'm just like how many students and the weasleys Hogwarts? are not the only family that is like not, suffering yeah. financially and you're gonna require all the no Dumbledore again Dumbledore I need you to be headmaster step in and go Gilderoy one book a book not by you right <laughs> something that's going to actually teach these kids something yeah let's let's make it a text yeah book. yeah school textbook but nonetheless lots of books on the list we got to get our cash coins and go a book shopping. Yep. And Jenny, it's her first year. She's got to get robes. She's got to get a wand. She's got to get a cauldron. She's yeah. got to get all the stuff. All the stuff. So, it's a tight. Yep. It's tight. But we got to get there first. So, we're going to travel via the flu network. Ooh, ooh. Which is where you use something called flu powder. In a fireplace, mm-hmm. you say your destination, throw down the flu powder, and... Zip, zap, zoom, you go from one fireplace to another. That's right. Where you intend to go. But you got to speak very clearly. Yep. Uh, in the movie, they make Harry look like a ding dong. And he goes, oh, you know, because they're all just speak very clear. And he's all nervous. And he goes, diagonally. Yeah. They make him look like a ding dong. In the book, they're all like shouting instructions to him and making him super nervous. Mm-hmm. And then... He gets soot in his throat yeah. and he coughs and then he accidentally says the wrong thing. So yeah. he looks a little less ding dongish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he um, doesn't land in Diagon Alley. No, no. He goes to Nocturne Alley. Oopsie. He ends up in a shop called 
Borgen and Burks. And uh, Nocturne Alley, if you kind of can't tell, is for darker wizards Mm -hmm. that are into more nefarious magic, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So, and uh, who does Harry glimpse enter the shop but Draco Malfoy and Lucius Malfoy? Luscious Lucius. Luscious Lucius. (laughs) (laughs) And Lucius is... I can't decide. Lucius, Lucius. I think in the movie they say Lucius, so I guess I'm just going to go with that one. Yeah, that's probably right. Um, Because my brain just can't reconcile the two. Uh, He's trying to get rid of some things because the ministry is doing some raids and he doesn't want to be caught with some of this paraphernalia he shouldn't be having. Yeah, it just wouldn't look good. Right. So keep that in mind because he is not an upstanding citizen of society like he likes to pretend. No, he isn't. But uh, Harry makes his way out. He, you know, bumps into Hagrid, who's there. But he's getting flush-eating, slug-repellent mm-hmm. stuff because yeah. they're eating the cabbages at the school or something yeah. like that. Yeah, and he's like, Harry, what in the world? Right. <laughs> Why are you here? Right. But so. eventually we meet up with everyone, Hermione included. Yeah, her parents are there. Yeah. We do, before we go into the bookstore, we do go to Gringotts. Yeah. And they kind of mention going to the Weasley's vault and how she basically just, like, scrapes out everything that's left in there. That broke my heart. It really did. But they never... What I love is, like, things are tight, but, like, they are all still very fulfilled. I mean, Mm -hmm. not... Sometimes you can see the want, but, like, they still have Mm -hmm. a very good home. Yeah. I think... um, JK does a really good job of writing, uh, like Percy, Fred and George, Ron and Ginny, how they grapple with growing up in a poor family. Right. And in a family with many siblings. Many siblings. Yeah. But so I think she writes that really well. Yeah, I think so too. But then of course, Harry, you know, feels bad because then he has this huge vault full of tons of money. But in his defense, like, you know, he hasn't really had to spend it on much because he Didn't spends know most about of it. Right, right. And it's probably, it's supposed to last him a while. So yeah. the pile may be big now, but eventually he's going to have to start contributing when he becomes an adult because yeah. surely the fortune won't last forever. Maybe it will. I don't know yeah. how, you know, bankrolled his parents were. But at the moment, he's mm-hmm. got a, you know, a vault full of money and he just feels terrible. Yeah. He yeah. tries to kind of hide it and gets his money. But then yeah. we do that. We go to the bookstore. All kinds of shenanigans ensue. Ugh. Oh, it, it shit hits the fan horde here. <laughs> uh. We meet Gilderoy. He's full of himself and pretentious. Grabs Harry for a photo op because they're mm-hmm. both famous. Yeah. Gilderoy thinking that he's more famous than Harry. Laughable. Which is hilarious. Yeah. Foolish man. And then, of course, we have a run-in between the Weasleys and the Malfoys just throwing shade back and forth. Mm -hmm. Even even the adults get in on it. Like, Lucius is, like, even mocking the kids and messing with their school books and just Mm -hmm. being a total turd. So, Arthur... Gets mad. Throws a punch, man. I like to see uh, an Arthur Weasley that, you know, scraps a bit. Yeah. Yeah. He's not afraid, you know? I mean, Lucius is over here, like, 
talking some shit to Jenny. Yeah. She's a child, man. She's little bitty. Ugh. But then Hagrid kind of steps in and is like, hey, stop this. Let's separate you. Two. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's use our heads in front of the children. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, uh, everyone after the fight goes their respective ways. And right. That's we finish our shopping yeah. secondhand or otherwise. Right. And get all the things that we need. Yeah. And I do think, because uh, Lockhart gives Harry his full works. For free. For which free. Harry kindly does give to Ginny. So that's yeah. one less set. That they have to buy. That they have to buy. Yeah. Because Harry's like, I'll just buy my own. Yeah. I'd also be like, uh, can the three of us just share? We can't read all of these at one time. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like yeah. one Silly. It's ridiculous. But Silly. Yeah. So next is the Whomping Willow. So it's time to get to school. Yep. We got to get on the train. Got to yep. get back to Hogwarts. Yep. So we hop in the car that may or may not have a uh, extendable charm in it where it's a little bigger on the inside. Mm-hmm. And Bo- Molly has no idea. She gets in. She's just like, man, this thing is a lot bigger than it looks on the outside. I love she has <laughs> muggles really know how to make spacious cars or something to that effect. And it, I was just like, you keep yeah. living in that, you know, denial bliss, mm-hmm. my dude, because yeah. don't stress yourself with it. Yeah, as they say. Ignorance is bliss. They say it for a reason, and it's true. Yeah, the only <laughs> thing worse than not knowing the truth is knowing the truth. Boom. You still got it. <laughs> yep. I learned that is a line from an episode of Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Jason Priestley says it. Nice. That was my mom and my Aunt Sarah's favorite show. That's amazing. Um, when I was little, little. Like, mm-hmm. I think it started in like 89 or 90 Mm -hmm. so i was literally born in 90 so my first like five years of life i would watch it with my aunt sarah and my mom every single week oh that's (laughs) awesome sometimes things just are right randomly in there i watched like weird shows as a kid i did too like beverly hills 90210 every week Mm -hmm. and um when i went to kindergarten my dad would get me off the bus every day and we would watch Baywatch and Walker, Texas Ranger. <laughs> so I remember watching Baywatch. I, I know Walker, Texas Ranger was probably on, but I didn't, I didn't watch that one. But well, yeah, I think Baywatch came on and then Walker, Texas Ranger came on right after it mm-hmm. when I would get off the bus from school. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And my aunt Sarah, she was still in high school when I was, I think she graduated when I was, like, four or five. Oh, wow. So, um, she was my babysitter. Yeah. And so I just hung out with her and her friends a lot. Oh, that's cool. And so, like, my favorite song was Smells Like Teen Spirit. Yeah. When I'm, like, five years old. Heck, yeah. <laughs> uh, my two favorite songs were Chattahoochee by Alan Jackson <laughs> and Smells Like Teen Spirit. So. Very nice. Yeah. No wonder you're so cool. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> you know, I was like an adult immediately. Right. The building blocks. <laughs> this is why I never really watched like cartoons. Mm-hmm. And it's probably why I don't like adult cartoons. See, and I watched cartoons and uh, loved every minute of it. But I, I don't really care for adult cartoons yeah. either. Yeah. 
There are I mean, those cartoons that are kind of in the middle. It's like, it's just a good story. It's not for, like, babies, but it's not, like, adult content. Mm-hmm. If you catch my drift. Yeah. I like I like the ones that sit right there in the middle. It's yeah. just a good story, good animation, you know. Yeah. I think, I'm on board. I think now I would watch cartoons if they were based around a story that I... Like, if Harry Potter was a cartoon, I right. would watch it and love it. Right. We've talked about that. Like, yeah. I feel like a lot of high fantasy series, it would be much better served if they were animated. Yeah. As in, like, an anime style, I think would be really beautiful to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, obviously, the big one on the front right now is, like, Akatar is supposed to be, like, in pre-production or pre-pre-production. Mm-hmm. It's supposedly signed for Hulu, which I don't know if that would be my choice. Are they going to cut out all the sauce? Which I feel like would really alienate the fan base of that series. True. But at the same time, like, reading it's one thing and then seeing Seeing it it is another. And if you're wanting to see it, then that's a different genre of film. (laughs) Let's just say that. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So I'm thinking this Needs to be a, a safe for TV version. Yeah, if you're if it's gonna be on Hulu, there's definitely not gonna be any full frontal male nudity. There shouldn't be any at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> if they, if, I feel like the best option for that story, especially the later books where it does get a lot more spice in there. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of focus on, like, male genitalia. Mm. Um, They really should have shot their shot with HBO or Showtime. That does seem to fit that sort of, like, demographic slash style of storytelling. I I just think it would make more sense. I would probably still watch it, and I would... It's part of the story, and you're expecting it, so it's not like you're going to... It's just going to pop up on the screen. You're like, oh my God, there's a dick. Like, it's not just going to be like that. You know that it's coming. Yeah. That's oof. Poor phrasing. <laughs> Either way, you're expecting it. Yeah. So it's not a shock. Yeah. And a lot of the demographic of those books, that's what they're there for. Is the spice. Is the spice. Yeah. A lot of people that read that, like, that's light spice. For the type of books that they read. A lot of them read... What? It's like very... (laughs) Like... It gets way, way more. I read... There's one series... And we can take this out. Um, (laughs) One series called From Blood and Ash. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've heard of it. I think I've seen... I've definitely seen it on like the Instagram book stuff. It's very like book talk-ish. Yeah. And I have read two... Of those, I think there's four or five in the series. I've read two, maybe. I've read two and started a third. Mm-hmm. First of all, they're very poorly written. Like, <laughs> the writing is just bad. bad. Yeah. Really? It's, yeah. Then why are they, is, is it just popular because of the spice? Oh, for sure. That's for sure. Yucky. Um, But yeah, it's very gratuitous and... There's a lot of ick factor, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, it's just not good. Yeah, but it's like heavily loved. Yeah, for its like 
explicit content. Interesting. I'm a big arguer for I don't feel that... I feel that most nudity is unnecessary Mm -hmm. in television and film. You know, there's a lot of things that you can allude to and get the point across without having to stare at things (laughs) that should be left behind doors. Closed doors. (laughs) But that's just me personally. I I understand the human body is the human the human body. Yeah. But at the same time, I just think that you can artistically allude to things without having to just boom. Yeah. Boobs and butt and, and bits and things. That, you yeah. know, like if your story can't stand alone without those things. You did not write a good story. Correct. Which That's I right. actually like the Akatar books for the story. I'm not mm-hmm. there for the spice. That was just like a. A bonus. A thing a for, thing. Uh, you an know, extra. an extra, you know, yeah. yeah. I feel, it feels almost dirty being like, it's a bonus. <laughs> uh, uh, but, but yeah. yeah, it's just, it's just an added part of the story and it reflects the passion between the characters. Yeah. So I'm cool with it. You know, I'm not and running around in the streets reading it aloud, you know? So yeah. <laughs> and it's like, uh, until like the last book, it isn't that prevalent. No, like, and in the last book, they could take it out, and I, I feel like in all of them, really, it would it would still be a good story. I feel like some people don't feel that way, perhaps the person I'm looking at. <laughs> I should, but there are yeah. aspects to the story that I think, and maybe if they took out the spice, then they could have expanded on the other parts of the story mm-hmm. and maybe made it a bit better written for, you know. Yeah. For higher standards, but yeah. I I like what they're trying to do and just like the regular story with with the different things. I find it interesting, like mm-hmm. the cauldron and the queens and just the different stuff. Like yeah. I I think there's something really cool there. But yeah, I do think that most people are there for the spice. <laughs> I I think so, and I I see that a lot on like TikTok whenever people are talking about. Uh, like reading Akatar and then they're questioning whether they should read Throne of Glass or not mm-hmm. because there is very little of that in Throne right. of Glass. It doesn't happen until like the fourth book, maybe? The fifth. Fifth. Okay, even fifth. later. Yeah. And really in the in the order that I read them in, then it was probably the sixth. sixth yeah. And it's really one scene. Right. And it's not that explicit either. No, and I think that it's sprinkled in uh, occasionally after that. And again, they're not super explicit. Like, they quickly get in the Akatar series. But yeah, Throne of Glass is, story-wise, obviously, even much more uh, deep and just mm-hmm. a fuller, better story. Yeah. I like both for different reasons. Yeah. Or the different stories. I, I enjoy both the different stories, mm-hmm. but like as a series, Throne of Glass has a deeper, wider, um, yeah, just world and lore and right. It doesn't lean as hard on the the crutch of. It doesn't lean as hard on the crutch of of spice, but I don't. Yeah. I'm I'm good with stories that are very action based, and I'm good with stories that are very character based. Mm-hmm. I, I'm good with both. It's kind of nice to to read the different ones. So yeah. I, I like that she kind of did that differently in those two different yeah. series. I do think it's interest and interesting because it's the same author. <laughs> yeah, which is yeah, which 
And I really think that I would have liked the Akatar series more had I read it first. Yeah. I think I would I wouldn't have known what to expect going in and I wouldn't have had any expectations and I feel like I could have liked it more. Right. But the whole time I was reading it, I just kept thinking I don't like Farah as much as I like Selena. Yeah. I don't like these other kids. Like, why are the female characters in the story so weak? Why mm. are they not, like, as cool as all of the Throne of Glass ladies? Like, they're a not- bit more emotionally traumatized by the things in their life than I would say the. The yeah. Throne of Glass girls, they kind of yeah. rise up and beyond a bit faster, whereas we kind of watch yeah. the Akatar girls struggle through. Yeah, and I feel like the Akatar girls can lean very damsel in distress for me. Like, they don't re... And I, I know that not every female character needs to be a save-herself girl, mm-hmm. but I just feel like... The Throne of Glass girls are girls' girls, mm-hmm. and I am a girls' girl. And the Akatar girls are like guys' girls mm-hmm. because I mean, Feyre doesn't hang out with another female character in the first book at all. Yeah, and in the second book, she hangs out with more and Amran like a little, but mm-hmm. really, it's just about her being with. Resand. Resand. Yeah. And I just really like a story about, like, girls who are just being friends with each other. (laughs) Yeah. It just, like, feels... I guess maybe it's because I don't need to read a romance. Mm Mm-hmm. It's not what I gravitate towards. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. that's probably it. Yeah. It's just... I know that that's my, like, not my preference. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I... Those are very valid points. Like I said, like, I, I kind of like both types of stories, yeah. but I, I totally get the argument and, and the just not caring for that yeah. kind of story, and yeah. that's okay. Yeah, and I just, you know, if the main character, I want to, like, be really, like, vibed with the main character. Yeah. Like, I want... Gotta like, identify with them to wanna, make yourself really invested Yeah, sometimes. I want to feel like I'm going to hang out with you, we're going to kick it, we're going to be cool, mm-hmm. it's going to be a good time, we're going to have fun, and I just felt like Farah. I just felt like she wouldn't be that good of a time. Yeah. <laughs> and I wouldn't necessarily want to hang out with her. I get it. And yeah. I feel like I would hang out with Selena, I would hang out with... Elite, I would hang out with Irene, I would hang out with Nehemia, I would mm-hmm. hang out with Manon and mm-hmm. all of the 13. I'm I would wearing, so want to hang out with Manon. I don't know if she'd want to hang out with me. I have a 13 t-shirt right now. Yep. So I would hang out with literally every, even, even like Maeve. Mm-hmm. I feel like I would hang out with her too. She might be like, yeah. you know, evil, but. You make very good points. Yeah. You really know. do. And yeah, I, I do agree that, <laughs> that Throne of Glass is... Far superior. Yeah. I I just... I don't know. And also, all of the fantasy I had read up to that point is Epic Journey style. Right. So, I just yeah. fell right into it. Yeah. Oh, for sure. You know. Makes sense to me. Mm. So, anyway. That could be its own Fandom Friday episode right there. I know, it really could be. <laughs> we can just take the snippet and say it. <laughs> And add it with some more later. (laughs) Yeah. We'll just pull out 
little chunks from episodes when we get off on fandom tangents. Knit them together and they're Fandom Friday. Call them like Fandom Follies or something. Yeah. <laughs> or I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> far off fandom. Oh, yeah. When we get far off topic. <laughs> Which is always. Always. We can't help ourselves. It just happens. When you're like talking about like, especially talking about books because you get into one point in a book and then you have to like compare it to something else. Right. And then you end up over here. And you are just like, wait, how did I get here? I will admit to you, I am, I'm a little thankful I'm not editing this episode. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It's <laughs> so sorry. <laughs> I'll help you if you need me to. Nah. You're like, I I'm got down, this. I'm down for the challenge. Yeah, you got this in the bag. <laughs> yeah, it'll. It'll go off. Yeah, you got this. You know, I I did see a trick that some people uh, use. Once you, like, really get down editing, Mm -hmm. you can speed up the audio. Oh. So instead of editing it at, like, normal speed, you can One and a half or two. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like two would probably be too fast. Agreed. But you could definitely do one and a half. Yeah. And I think the only thing that would mess me up on one and a half is, like, Maybe getting the spacing right, like if there's yeah. pauses, but other, right. but you get to know like the look of it. Yeah, you do. You know, you really do. And I, I not struggle with it, but it's like sometimes you need a pause because it's like part of the sentence and it just yeah. And then other times it's like okay, that was just a little too long. Yeah, there is an art to editing. There is like understanding when to like make a sentence. Like, when to take out the pauses, mm-hmm. when to leave them in, mm-hmm. when to, like, leave other background noise in. Because yeah. we are sitting in a room where yeah. noise is happening. I did get to cut, like, some good like good spots of, like, coughs and bumps and stuff in this last episode. I was pretty proud of myself. I yeah. was like, if I could just isolate it. And I was able to. So I was like, yes, we Yeah. Yes. I did, um, yeah. again, like I did in the first Harry Potter episode, when I said Dumbledore instead of Voldemort, I'm hoping that, like, our listeners knew what I meant. Yeah. Because it was, it, was, it was a pretty big statement about very, Voldemort, and I said Dumbledore. It was like very obvious to me that you meant Dumbledore. Good. Well, I did it again in the love match. I said Niam twice when I meant Haroon, and <laughs> I, I don't know that it would have been fully clear, so I actually cut, cut it. I cut I didn't. I I felt like I wanted to leave the sentence in there, so I cut out the word Niam and I put in the word Haroon, but I couldn't find the right inflected yeah. word Haroon. So it's gonna sound a little goofy, but I'd rather the right name be in there, yeah, than leave it and yeah. just hope people know what I meant. So you'll yeah. hear it when you listen to it, and it might make you giggle, but <laughs> it's I what I it's felt funny. like I needed to do. Yeah, <laughs> and I do think like in instances like that, you could just put one in there. That it's still, like, Haroon, but it's very obviously not part of that sentence. Yeah, and it does... Make it really funny. You might think it flows okay-ish. I think it sounds so incredibly obvious, but, like I said, I wasn't going to search three hours worth of sounds to find the right Haroon. I was like, this one works better out of the three that I've found in the last ten minutes. Yeah. I'm not working for perfection. I do want it to be good, but... Yeah. 
And so when you hear it, let me know. <laughs> and that book is so much more obscure. Like, yeah. in a Harry Potter, everyone right. will hear that sentence and know exactly what character you're talking about, yes. no matter what you said. Right. Because it's just so much more prolific. Right. The Love Match came out this year. Right. So. And I, so I felt it was important yeah. to say Haroon. Yeah. So. That makes sense. <laughs> I was able to cut one of them in the sentence. I was like, well, as I'm continuing to talk, I didn't need to say his name again. So that'll be fine. But the first one. So it's like, Har- so she went to go talk to Haroon. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost better this way. I think. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, but like I said, I can't wait for you to hear it and let me know your, your thoughts. <laughs> I, now I'm going to be like looking out for it. Yeah. Just, See if I can spot. Right. I, yeah, I won't even tell you when it is. <laughs> Too bad this episode is coming out after that one, or right. we could, like, play a game. Like, see if you can spot the answer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, now we're on our way to Platform 9 and 3 quarters. Yes. In the Fort Anglia. Yep. And uh, we get there. We're rushing. You know. They're late. All They're chronically, you know. Yeah. Almost late. Mm-hmm. Pretty much all the time. But it's just part of their charm. It is. So they get there. All the siblings go through the platform at nine and three quarters. You know, if you forgot, you take your cart, you run, go at a bit of a run, you run through the wall, you get to the other side. Yep. Obviously, Arthur and Molly go with Ginny because yep. it'll be her first time. The boys go, no problem. And then it's Harry and Ron's turn. Run, run, run. Slam, crash. You know, suitcases on the ground. Hedwig is looking ticked to the max because she's like, what in the world you slam me into a wall and then on the ground? What is happening? Yeah, she's squawking. Yeah. The boys, Ron and Harry, cannot get through the barrier. They're like, what? Right. So they're like, oh, what do we do? Oh, the train is gone because the train leaves at exactly 11 on time. Yes. So they're like, how are we going to get to school? So they get the bright idea to take the car. And again, I, I just have to pause for one second. Okay, so you can't get through. You don't want to wait 10 minutes to see if Molly and Arthur, like, apparate to your side. You know, because they're stuck. They can't probably get through back through the barrier. Right. But then surely they would be concerned. Mm-hmm. And also, like, are they busy chit-chatting with other parents, perhaps? But it's like... You don't want to wait for the... Surely they're going to apparate to where you are when they can't get through the barrier. Why didn't you wait? But obviously the reason for this is because we need the story to go where it's going to go. Yeah. 100% I get that. But my logical brain for the first time was like, why didn't we just wait for mom and dad? Yeah. And I think the point is made even like later that Harry has an owl. Why couldn't he have just sent the owl like, hey, the barrier is... It was closed. We couldn't get through. Right. Yeah. Like, come get us. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. I think Snape makes that point, obviously. Yes. Him or McGonagall. Could have been McGonagall. Well, it was one of the two, for sure. But their idea is fine. But again, you're going to send an owl all the way to Hogwarts. Mom and dad are, like, on the other side of this barrier. Surely they're going to get to you first. Exactly. But... I step back from my little tiny soapbox. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is <laughs> one of those things where I have to remind myself that this 
book was written for children. Right. And the story has to move along in a yeah. certain way. And if we don't get the car to the school... Then it, you know, it can't pop up later. And we're done skis. Yeah. So... Exactly. It had to happen. So the boys get the bright idea, take the car, they drive it all the way to school, and they slam into... The Whomping Willow. Oof. And the Willow is not happy, is it, Maddie? Nope. It hits back. (laughs) Hence the Whomping. Right. It's not just a name for kicks. Right. It actually punches. Mm. (laughs) And Ron's wand breaks. Yes. Unfortunate for him. Very unfortunate for him. Very unfortunate. And who finds them? Snape. Of course. Of course he finds them. I think he's almost thrilled about it. He's like, I got you this time. This is it. Right. I think in the movie, Filch finds them and he has the same sentiment. Oh dear, we are in trouble. (laughs) Yeah. Those two men just like delight in... Yeah. You know. And, And no wonder these kids are terrified. They are literally being threatened with expulsion at every turn. There's no... They, they hardly say, like, oh, I'll give you detention. It, the threat is always, you're going to get expelled if yeah. you step out of line again. Yeah. Man. Man. You, we skip verbal warnings and all that stuff. We just straight to expulsion. Yeah. But, yeah, they get in trouble. Snape's giving them the what for. Then, luckily, Dumbledore steps in and is like, well, they're in McGonagall's house. She's she gets to decide. It. Yeah. So yeah. she gives them detention. Yep. They get to eat some sandwiches in her office. They do not get to go to the feast because they don't want them parading around that they flew a car to school. Right. But Ginny got sorted. As we said earlier, she is in Gryffindor just like all the other Weasleys. All the other Weasleys. Hip hip hooray. Yep. And then, you know, they get to their dorm eventually and, you know, Mm -hmm. normal. Normal Hogwarts. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. So, awesome. Awesome. And then we get to the first day of classes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Learn me some magic. That's right. Hermione is a little miffed at Harry and Ron for their antics with the car. Yeah. But then the mail comes and Ron gets a howler. Oof. From his mom. How dare you steal that car? I am absolutely disgusted. <laughs> I can't quote the book one, but I can definitely quote the movie one. Yeah. Your father is now facing an inquiry at work and it's entirely your fault. If you put another toe out of line, you're coming straight home. <laughs> I think I think they do take it, lift it from the I think it's pretty close. I think it's a least. little maybe a little different, but yes, it's it's perfectly done. Yeah. By, by Molly Weasley <laughs> telling her son what for. He's in big darn trouble. That's right. Side note, there is a YouTube video. Like, Ed Sheeran mm-hmm. has a YouTube video. And there's, like, the first comment underneath it. Because uh, Rupert Grint is in it. Uh-huh. In the video? In the video. And the first comment is the Molly Weasley howler quote. <laughs> it's so funny that's amazing i don't know what song it is but it doesn't matter it doesn't matter because there are so many memes out there where ed sheeran is just like inserted in a picture of the weasley right like they're like oh he's charlie because we 
we see Charlie in the Egypt picture at one point, but like we never meet Charlie in the movies never. ever. So yeah. there's a lot of characters. Well, Charlie and Peeves, Winky. Mm-hmm. Oh, Winky is such a loss. Um, who else don't we meet? There are a few there's others. A ton. Yeah, there's a ton. But yes, it's it's always a big side joke that you know Ed Sheeran, the redhead, belongs in the Weasley family. Yeah. So <laughs> so great. But yeah, you, howlers are a note that scream at you in front of everyone. Complete embarrassment. But because of that, Hermione is a little softer and yeah. nicer to the guys. Kind yeah. of like, okay, he got... You've had your punishment. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Justice has been served, even though you're my <laughs> friend. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you've been punished enough. Okay, I'll be nice to you now. Yeah. She hasn't fully gone over to the rule of breaking side yet. Right. Not far, though. She's pretty She's close. up on it. Yep, yeah, she is. So, stay tuned for that. <laughs> um, we get to go to Herbology, where they're studying mandrakes. Screamy little yeah. cabbage baby yeah. plants. Yeah, they're strange plants, but, you know, their mm-hmm. cries can kill. So they have to wear earmuffs. Yep. The babies luckily only make you pass out, but a full-grown mandrake, yep. instant It'll, dead if you hear the ya. cry. Get ya. <laughs> so we get to do that. That's when we meet Justin Finch Fletchley. Yep. He's sharing like a tray with Harry, Ron, and Hermione, um, and you know he's just chit-chatting it up about his Muggle upbringing yeah. and just you know he was being a little yeah Hogwarts student. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then we get to meet Lockhart again. Yes, now we're in class. Now we're in class. What is Gilderoy Lockhart's favorite color? What is his secret ambition? <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think got all of the questions to the pop quiz correct? Hermione. And not only because she's just smarty make smart pants, but she got a little crush. She got a crush on Gilderoy. Like, I guess everybody does, because, you know, if you ain't winning the uh, Witch Weekly Smile of the Year award if you're nope. an unattractive person, I guess. I mean, you could, but it just seems like if you have an award like that, it's fairly vain in nature. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably a looker. Yeah, so. so. I will say that uh, they had Kenneth Branagh mm-hmm. play him. Mm-hmm. And, uh... He just played him so silly that I don't know how anyone could find him attractive. Right. But But. I think that he, to the audience that would swoon over, I don't see him being someone that a child would be like, oh my God. Right. But like adult women, I could see him being like that sort of like soap opera star kind of attractive to them and that he kind of acts like. A soap opera star yeah so he but does. kenneth brano with his Bravado. heavy his heavy shakespearean background oh, yes. plays this character masterfully he does <laughs> he and i think you see that a lot with british actors in mm-hmm. general they yeah. just have a and because i think a lot of them especially those in the age range of Kenneth Branagh mm-hmm. are very Shakespearean in their acting roots. Yeah, have a theater background for yeah, sure. Yeah, very theater forward. So mm-hmm. they have so much more bravado mm-hmm. in their And this character needs it. And oh, he, he needs it a lot, yeah. Caps off. 
<laughs> he lets loose with the he's, wild behavior. Yeah, he's full of riz. Right. <laughs> I, in we my are mind, so cool. <laughs> in my mind, Gilderoy Lockhart has zero riz. Oh, but he to thinks yes. Else. Who's behind his books? All the middle-aged Molly Weasleys of the world. Yes, the most riz. Yeah, it made me so sad that she <laughs> fell for his quote-unquote charms as well. I'm like, Molly, you're smarter than this. Molly, I'm trying to think of who I like had a crush on when I was 12 to like compare of like thinking of how Hermione is like has yeah. such a crush on yeah. Gilroy. What was I doing at 12? Who did I have a crush on? I had probably. A- Tom DeLonge from Blink-182. Yeah, that that would be a good one. He had one. a lip ring, <laughs> you know? I had a Jonathan Taylor Thomas poster on my wall where he was wearing... <laughs> <laughs> he was sitting on a um, stool with, like, a sweater vest. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> but then I also liked, you know, Justin Timberlake. But then I also liked AJ from Backstreet Boys, mm-hmm. you know? I, the the angsty looking one. <laughs> oh yeah, in a boy band. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was definitely a Backstreet Boys girl, like eight, nine, mm-hmm. and I was definitely a Nick Carter fan. Like he was the one I had the crush on. Mm-hmm. All of the other ones looked too much like men, I think. And yeah. as a nine year old girl, yeah, he Nick Carter looked still looked young to yeah. me. Him and Howie, Howie had a baby face too. Yeah. Yeah, so I was, I was the Nick Carter. Yeah. Hey, that, I get Stan. it. Yeah, yes. I liked Lance Bass and Justin Timberlake. Oh, <laughs> I, I still love Lance Bass as, like, a person. Yeah. I, I wasn't ever really an NSYNC fan, but. I did not discriminate between the two. I loved them both. Mm. 98 mm-hmm. Degrees was fine, but. I didn't ever, I, I knew, I knew NSYNC and Backstreet Boys, and I knew of 98 Degrees. I didn't really, like, listen to any of their stuff, yeah. but I was, like. It was Definitely fine. A Backstreet Boys girl Heck and yeah. Spice Girls girl. Oh yeah, for sure. Spice, Spice Girls up girl. Life. That's what's up. <laughs> Spice World. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My grandma rented that movie for me. Um, <laughs> sorry, mom, but yeah, my mom didn't want me to see it. She didn't want me to listen to them, and she, but I had the cassette tape. But I must have like gotten it before she like heard their songs or something, <laughs> and then uh, and then yeah, the movie came out and she really didn't want me to watch it, but my grandma rented it for me, and it's very innocent, it's so, so innocent. But it just yeah, <laughs> I loved it. It was there. Was, it was like, fun. It was silly. Bus that they had, and they all had their own little like themed little mm-hmm. spots in the bus. I was yeah. Like, oh my. Get out of here. Yeah, it was silly, but so great. So great. (laughs) I haven't watched it. Oh, my God. I haven't watched it since I was an actual child, so I don't know. But my sisters and I used to watch it all the time. And, uh, yeah. It's completely unbook related but maybe we could do a a fun, non-book-related movie episode where we discuss. Uh, Yeah, Spice World. (laughs) (laughs) I would watch it. It, I'm guessing it doesn't hold up, but I will... Likely not, but I bet it's yeah. still a fun ride. I bet I still know all the songs. Oh, 100%. They're embedded into your brain. For sure. I remember um, I was taking, I always, dance classes were usually like during the school year, but you could always take like a summer uh, class or whatever. I always took ballet in the summer. And um, during summer, 
warm-ups, we got to listen to Spice Girls Very during nice. the warm-ups. But in regular classes, no. That's when we're serious. That teacher also knew, like, they don't want to hear the parent complaints. That's right. In school. Yeah, and in the summer ballet class that I took, there were, like, three or four of us. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot more relaxed. Right. But whenever you were in regular classes, no. You were listening to Tchaikovsky, and that is it. Oh, dang. Those are wildly different. <laughs> Very different. Right. <laughs> ballet is serious. Right. Serious. But you know who's not serious? Gilderoy Lockhart. Gilderoy Lockhart. <laughs> I am the Segway Queen. So <laughs> true. No facts. <laughs> no. But yeah, he's ridiculous. He, you know, gives them that dumb pop quiz. Uh, all about him, of course. And then he pulls out the lesson for the day, which is <laughs> Cornish pixies. Cornish pixies. <laughs> Freshly caught Cornish pixies. So, he gets the bright idea to let them loose. He just, like, releases them. Yeah, like, and in the book, they don't even mock him like they do in the movie. They're just kind of like, oh, whoa, Cornish Pixies, okay, you know. And maybe they're a little like, what? But I really don't remember them being mocking at all. He's just like, all right, let's see what you make of them. Let's them out. And And they're they're causing all kinds of havoc. Yeah. His punk butt just skirt right out of the room. Yeah, he he's leaves. like I trust you three, Harry, Ron, and Hermione, to take care of this for clear me. The, clear these up. Yep, Maybe. and he and he's out. So they got to take care of it. They do because they're little rock stars. That's what they do. But this man's already showing his true quality of character. Yeah. We know immediately that this this guy is he's a fraud. Mm, oh yeah, he's incompetent to the maximum degree. Yeah, yeah. There are certain things he's good at, but yeah. it ain't defense against the yeah. <laughs> He He's like one of the only characters that we get that shows that not all Ravenclaws are like super brainy. Yeah. But he is witty in the way that he goes about his schemes. Yes. So that must be. But that's more of a slithering ambition thing. I but know. every person kind of has aspects mm. of each house. Yeah. It's just... Which one do you, like, right. exemplify the most? Or which one do you value the most? I think probably is it. Yeah. So. And maybe when he was younger, he was less of a turd. Maybe. And then he just grew into it and then got full of himself. And, you know. Yeah. Here he is today. <laughs> here he is. Yeah, we clean up the pixies. And now we're going on to our next chapter. Mudbloods and Murmurs. That's such a good chapter title. It is a really good chapter title. So we open this with Oliver Wood. Love Oliver Wood. Love me some Oliver Wood. He wakes up the Quidditch team at like the crack of dawn for practice. Yep. Like, let's hit it. Eat, sleep, breathe, Quidditch. That's right. This is his motto, his life, his existence, his Quidditch. His whole (laughs) existence. And so the whole team, they're going to the Quidditch pitch, and Colin Creevy, he's tagging along. I don't know how he knew that they were all awake going to practice, but he's on it, and he's just pestering Harry with questions. His little baby stalker skills are on high alert. Yeah. 
Did he, do you think he read about Harry in like books and articles or something? Like, I think so. I think he probably like got his letter. I'm assuming, because we don't ever really get to know what the process is for muggle-born kids. We only know Harry's experience. Right. Which is very different, I'm 100% sure, than your yeah. typical, like, muggle-born kid. Right. Well, Hagrid so, had to come get him. So if yeah. you don't have someone come get you and explain everything, right. do you have an extra letter that's like, this is where you go for your supplies, yeah. this is how you get onto the platform? I'm like, guessing... I'm just going to tell myself yeah. that's what happens. I think... <laughs> I. Thinking about, like, whenever we go back into the memories in Half-Blood Prince, and it shows Dumbledore going to the orphanage mm-hmm. to talk to Tom mm-hmm. about Hogwarts and all of this, I think that's probably standard for people I was going to say, do you think there's a representative the yes. from the school? That makes sense to me. I think, yes. That would be what, what my guess is. Um, so... Someone probably went to Colin Creevy's house and was like, he's a wizard, this is our school, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and maybe they, while they were in Diagon Alley getting his school stuff, he, like, got some other extra yeah. stuff. Because Harry's in a couple books, I'm yeah, pretty sure. I, so. I'm pretty sure. But I, I just, think Hermione also knew him. Yeah. I bet, I bet that he was, like, getting school supplies and, like, maybe he met some new, like, little wizard friends or something. Or he heard, like, a kid, group of kids talking. They were like, oh, my God, that's the famous Harry Potter. And then yeah. maybe he just got, like, jazzed from there. Yeah. But whatever sparked, ignited this passion for following Harry Potter, Colin Creevy has got it. He got the bug. And now he's pestering the real Harry. Right. Asking him for pictures and asking him to sign them, which causes all all manner of issue. Yeah. And he's like asking Harry about Quidditch and what are the rules and what are the balls for and who are the players and how does it go and blah, blah, blah. Which that was just an excuse for a recap on how Quidditch works for the reader. Yes, of course. But... Cleverly it done. It works out. It, it works. Doesn't, it doesn't feel too like, like recappy. Recappy. Yeah. 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 So Colin, he's just so cute. I know. So we get to enjoy a little Colin creepy, and then um, unfortunately the Slytherins show up. They slither in with their nonsense. Mm. <laughs> I couldn't help couldn't it. Couldn't help it. Um, so they show up, and what? Do you know Malfoy is their new seeker? Of course. And why is he their new seeker? Because his filthy rich dad bought the whole team new Nimbus 2001s. Right. Which is so funny because last book, Draco was complaining that his dad wouldn't buy him or was like complaining that Harry had a Nimbus 2000 or something. Mm -hmm. If your dad can buy a whole Quidditch team, a bunch of brooms, I'm going to need you to shut your pie hole. Yeah. You brat. Yeah. But yeah, so Daddy Malfoy buys the whole team the newest, yeah. fastest broom on the current market. Yeah. I was trying to think if uh, there was a way for me to make Lucius's name, like, in the reel I saw, like, mm-hmm. Bull Daddy and Double Daddy. <laughs> I don't think Lucius lends itself to that. No. See, I, I think I just call him, yeah, we're just going to go with Lucius because it's easier than Lucius. <laughs> 
Lucius. <laughs> Lucius. It feels Daddy? more snappy. Well, Luscious slow. Lucius. Luscious Lucius. It's got to be that. Yeah. Right? That has to be someone's porn name, right? Oh God. It has. To I be. don't want to think about. I don't want to. I don't want to Google it because then. You oh, don't. It's going to come up then, but. Don't do that. I feel like it has to be. Listeners, please, if you're willing to Google <laughs> no, it. No, no, no. <laughs> please tell us, is this the name of a, a real porn actor? Oh, my God. I feel don't like do it has it. to be. <laughs> There's no way it's not. Or maybe it's like a stripper name, like a male stripper name. Yeah. Well, if you don't want to do Luscious Lucius, let's think. I was just trying to stay with the theme of adding daddy on the end of it. Right. But I don't think there's any way to do that with Lucius. Yeah. Because it's not, because uh, Dumbledore has that D in yeah. it and Voldemort also gotcha. has the D in it. Yeah. I don't know. Nope. I mean, there's other there's other ways to say daddy, but <laughs> I don't know that any of them would work. <laughs> No. We might just have to let that one lie. I think that one has to lie. <laughs> <sighs> sorry, Lucius. Couldn't yep. get it done. So sorry. So now we're going to get into the hubbub. Right. So there, Oliver Wood is like, hey, I booked this for us. Yep. We got up early. We're here. We were here first. I booked this. Yep. And, uh. The captain of the Slytherin team is like, well, I have a letter from Snape. Yep. And then Malfoy starts throwing slurs. Yeah. Calls Hermione a mudblood. Which is not okay. Not good. Uh, Ron gets angry immediately. Super mad. And tries to make curse Draco to eat slugs. But of course his sweet little broken wand that's fixed by spello tape. Backfires and he's barfing slugs instead. Yep. But he tried. He tried. He was indignant mm-hmm. on her behalf. And unlike the movie, Hermione has no idea what this word means. No, she just knows she it's, can tell it's mean and yeah, bad. Contextually, she's picking up the clues, but right. she doesn't know actually what kind of a slur it is. Right. And Harry obviously doesn't either. Yeah, Harry's and just like. Yeah, and between slug barfs, Ron explains to them what it is and what it means. Once they take him to Hagrid's to, you know, yeah, get it out of his system. <laughs> yep, he said it before Shrek, okay? That's right. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. I think this book was before Shrek. I was going to say check me, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think Shrek was like 2000. My beloved Hagrid said it first. That's right. But yeah, so... Yeah, Mudblood just... Quote unquote dirty blood, b- yep. basically just anyone who's muggle born yep. and not, you know, of wizarding lineage. Yep. He's just being magicist, racist, a purist. Purist, that's what they call it, a purist. Yeah, yeah he's a a piece of trash, you know. We could, we could say he's racist. I think it's supposed to emulate like racist beliefs. Right, right. So, yeah. Draco? Mm mm. Mm mm. Prejudice to the maximum. Yep. Trash bag maximum. <laughs> Not acceptable. No. No. So. But of course, Hagrid encourages her. Yeah. You know, there's not a spell that, that Hermione can't do. I'm pretty That's sure true. he says it in the book as well as the movie. I think he does. I think he does. He's just sweet and wonderful and, and everyone feels better and yeah. Ron eventually stops. Barfins looks. Yeah. 
Which, and this, I think, is one of the first times where Ron's knowledge is given to Hermione in the film. Mm Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of, you know, I get that she's the smartest girl and can read just about everything in a book, but that's what Ron's purpose is. Ron is their gateway into the wizarding world. Yeah. Harry and Hermione both did not grow up in the wizarding world, Mm -hmm. and so Ron is sort of their, their resource. Yeah. When they're together for those types of things. Right. Exactly. And it gets to show that he is smart and aware of the world he lives in rather than letting someone else explain his entire upbringing to him. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's ridiculousness. It's ridiculous. (sighs) So, yeah. Um, They serve their detentions in this chapter as well. Oh, right. Um... Harry. I forgot because Ron is still barfing barfing slugs during his detention. Harry is helping Lockhart answer his fan mail. (laughs) Oh, God. Which is so funny. That is such a punishment. (laughs) Oh, God. And he, like, when McGonagall is telling them about their detentions, he's like, because Ron is cleaning the trophies in the trophy room. Yeah. He's like, can't I do that with him? She's yeah. like, no, you're not hanging out together during detention. <laughs> and she's like, Lockhart requested you specifically. Of course he did. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. Right. Because at this point, Lockhart thinks that Harry is, that he's given Harry a taste of the limelight and he's after it now. Right. Even though Harry already had... The limelight. the limelight more yeah. than Gilderoy and also doesn't want it unlike right. Gilderoy but yeah he thinks that Harry's trying to become yeah. even more famous and so Gilderoy is like trying to take him under his wing and yeah. kind of like deter him or like give him tips so he doesn't the, try yes. to you know burn too bright yeah. too quickly he has like fame mentor oh god and he says, like, during his detention, Harry's just, like, trying to tune him out. And he catches phrases like, fame is a fickle friend. and Celebrity is as <laughs> celebrity does. Kiss it's a butt. You're so dumb. So ridiculous. Yeah. Yep. Um, but this is when Harry first hears the voice. Mm-hmm. Ooh, he hears the, the voice disembodied voice that he cannot explain. Yep. And it says like, let me rip, let me kill. Yeah. Eesh. That is not what you want to hear. No. Mm-mm. Especially when you can't see who's saying it. Right? <laughs> Excuse me? You want to... Huh? Blood? Kill me? What? I'm sorry. <laughs> Tear? Ooh, that sounds painful. Yeah. Mm. So, he's understandably a little freaked out. Yeah, um, he's he's freaked. And uh, Lockhart just, like, dismisses. And he doesn't tell him what he hears, but he's like, do you hear that voice? And Lockhart's like, uh. <laughs> I think you're tired. Yep. Oh, yeah. It's We've been here four hours. Get off to get off to bed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So then we're into the next chapter, I believe. Yep, we are. The death day party. Mm-hmm. So Harry is uh, on his way back to his dorm after the detention. And he bumps into, or walks through, or near, notices, (laughs) nearly headless Nick. He is super upset, actually, because, and I think his dismay is what kind of makes Harry notice him. Yeah. He's upset because he has written to join the headless hunt many a time, and they keep denying his request. Because of three-fourths of an inch of skin. 
pretty terrible. I understand that he is not completely headless, but he's... Mostly headless. He's mostly. And it's not like the headless hunt runs around without their heads. They carry them in their arms. What's the difference between it being in the crook crook of your elbow or on on your your shoulder? shoulder. Yeah. Stop being so hoity-toity and gatekeeping this... Headlessness. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's it's so rude. So to um, make him feel better, you know, Harry agrees to go to his death day party. Because he's mostly upset because, you know, it's his death day party's coming up. And he just really wanted to be part of the headless hunt. He yeah. feels like they don't probably respect him or yeah. very nice to him. Yeah. So he thinks if the famous Harry Potter comes to his birthday party that maybe it'll kind of give him a little more notoriety. Yeah, probably. In a way. So he asked Harry to come to his party and he's like, oh, but of course he probably wouldn't want to come. But Harry feeling sorry for him and being very nice. He's like, of course I'll come. Yeah, Yeah. but it's during the Halloween party, so he's going to miss out on the Halloween feast. Yeah, and this is when Harry runs into Nick... He also runs into Filch. He's always then, on the lookout for kids to get in trouble. Yeah. And then Filch is like, come to my office. Right. Which he was out of bed at late hours because of detention slash a teacher. Mm-hmm. Why is he getting in trouble right now? No one cares. Right. No one cares. But yeah. And first we notice Mrs. Norris and then yeah. huffing behind is, is Filch. And so Nick cause, gets feet to cause a diversion mm-hmm. to get Filch out of his office so that Harry doesn't get in trouble. Right. Which I don't think we said in the last book either. Peeves is a poltergeist at mm-hmm. Hogwarts. He's not yeah. in the films, but he's very prominent in the books. He's just he a he troublemaker. Just, yeah, just causes havoc. Yeah. So, um, but while Harry's in Filch's office, he sees Filch has a correspondence course called Quick Spell. Mm-hmm. It's this- I don't really understand the quick spell. I guess it's like an online class. <laughs> like the wizard version? The of wizard an version class? of an online class, but it's like via correspondence, and I think they just send you lessons to try. I don't know, even know if like anyone really like helps you or tests you. It just seems like a here's some tips on how to become better at magic because that's what the quick spell is it's supposed to help you become better at magic or like you know yeah gain skill in magic in an easy breezy way i feel like my confusion is why does filch have it because in my brain in order for a quick spell course to make sense you have to have some magic i think that he's in denial and he thinks that or They're lying and they're misrepresenting themselves and they're making it seem as if even if you're a squib, which is a what Filch is, which is a person born to a wizarding family that has no magic. So Mm -hmm. like the opposite of a muggle born, a muggle born. Um, But yeah, either he is just deluding himself or they've advertised it alluded to that maybe even if you're a squib you can learn magic but i'm kind of thinking he might be fooling himself or a mix of the two but that that's always been my assumption yeah either way it makes you feel a little bad for him no wonder he resents these students he's hanging out with little punks that can do magic all day and he can't do any yeah my yeah it made me 
the the quick spell thing always made me question like does he have like a little bit of magic and he just can't he just didn't have enough to like go to Hogwarts so he never got a wand or I don't think what, so because Neville is the point of the quick spell yeah because Neville says he almost was a squib he has minimal magic kind of when he starts school so I mm-hmm. I truly think that he has none because I you to be a squib you have to have None. None. Right. So I'm thinking Thinking it's delusion or misconception of what's possible. Yeah. That makes sense. But I think it's truly just a device, because it makes no sense, right, to do a correspondence course. (laughs) Maybe it makes sense. I don't know. But it was just a device to let us know. That he's a squib. That he's a squib. Poor old Filch. Right. But thankfully, Peeves does the distra- distraction, and mm-hmm. Harry gets out of there Yeah, without getting detained. Well, I, Filch comes back and then notices and thinks that Harry read his letter, and he freaks out, and he just like, get out of here! Yeah, that's right. So Harry essentially saved himself. Yep. By being a snoop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, Harry feels... Like, he's got to go to the death day party. So he agrees. And he tells Ron Hermione, he's like, yeah, we got to go to this party. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Yeah. I think they're excited, or at least Hermione's, like, thinks it'll like, be cool. She's, interested. I don't think Ron has any interest at all. He's like, no. damn it. But it's not going to have anything we can eat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which is true. They right. show up. The music is weird. Mm-hmm. The food is all, like, rancid and bad. Right. Because ghosts can't eat anything. But right. they can sort of... Maybe. experience the taste or smell if it's like really rotted it because it's like a very strong taste right yeah they were gonna maybe back out but hermione reminded harry that a promise is a promise yeah because they were like really excited because the halloween feast sounding like cooler and cooler yeah like damn it but i think they're still kind i don't know about glad but you know they're interested. Yeah, I mean, you know. But no other kids going to a death day party. That's right. So, they go. Yep. And they're, you know, experiencing it. The people from the Headless Hunt show up, and they're being very pompous and flashy. Rude to our Rude. friend, Nick. And Nick, try, you know, Harry tries to defend Nick. Like, oh, I think Nick's very scary. And yeah. the guy's like, you probably, he probably told you to say that. What a douche. It's really rude. <laughs> right. And so. then we uh, we meet Myrtle. Yep. Moaning Myrtle, Myrtle for the first time. Did we mention her in the characters earlier? No, we didn't. Moaning Myrtle is also a ghost at the school. Yep. She is a student. Or yep. was, was a, student. a student. She died at the school. She did. So she haunts the second floor girl bathroom. Yep. She does. But Hermione makes some comment about Myrtle and then Peeves overhears it. And then he's like, ooh, Myrtle's going to be upset. Hermione's like, please, I didn't mean it. Don't say anything to her. You know, she doesn't want Myrtle's feelings to be hurt. Of course, Peeves tells her, hurts her feelings. Myrtle is very sensitive. So sensitive. Sweet, loony Myrtle. (laughs) But she is very sensitive and so, yeah, she gets her feelings hurt, and that's not great. But yeah, she is crying, and she zooms away. Right. But I think the festivities continue on, and then the, the kids kind of, like, find like, their escape moment, and they, they skedaddle, hoping yeah. to maybe catch some food. Yeah. But we hear Oof. the voice 
again. We do. And by we, I mean only Harry. Only Harry. <laughs> He's like following this voice. Mm-hmm. And then what do they see? Mrs. Norris. Mrs. Norris. And some paint on the wall. Yep. Says, the Chamber of Secrets has been opened. Enemies of the air beware. Ooh. Whoop. Chilling. Especially because how do you know if you're an enemy of the air? Yeah, you have no idea. You don't. Um, and they're, they see the scene and they're like, oh shit, we probably, we, we should probably get out of here. Yep, there's water all over the floor. It's yep. flooded. Mrs. Flooded. Norris appears to be dead. Yeah, at first glance, they think she's probably dead. Yes. And so they're like, Oop, let's get out of here. But ooh, guess who shows up? Everyone from the school. Yep. <laughs> uh, so the feast is just let out and everyone is yep. on their way to the bed. Yeah. And then they see them standing there next to a seemingly dead cat. And this writing on the wall. Right. And Draco is like pumped. Yeah. He knows exactly what it means. He, yeah. he knows what the chamber is. He knows the intention. He knows who the enemies of the air are. And he says, you'll be next, mudbloods. Yep, he does. Like a little jerk. Yep. So, Filch is understandably freaking out. Freaked. Because he's like, they've murdered my cat. They murdered my cat. <laughs> yeah, he and he thinks Harry specifically. Right. Because they just had that encounter. Right. So, he he thinks, okay, this, this kid for sure. He did. Right. Right. Um, so Dumbledore basically like snatches Mrs. Norris. They go into like a nearby classroom. Yep. We're in the next chapter now called The Writing on the Wall. So right. that last one really left you on a cliffhanger. It left you on a cliffhanger. Uh, so Dumbledore examines the cat. He's poking around and he's like, you know what? It's not dead. It's petrified. Ooh, really? Thank God. And yeah. the mandrakes, when they're mature, can be made into a potion that will revive. Her. How fortuitous that we are learning about them this year at school. That really is lucky. So lucky. Almost <laughs> as if it was planned. <laughs> um, so obviously Harry and Ron and Hermione are questioned. Right. And they're like, well, we went to the death day party and we were just going on our way back to the dormitory after it yeah. was over. Yeah. And they were so- like, you weren't hungry or anything. Yes. You know, Snape's just like yeah. trying to catch them in a lie. I didn't think that there was anything to eat at a ghost party. Right. So aren't you hungry? And then, you know, Ron's stomach grumbles as obviously anyone's would, but his especially because he's always eating. He's always eating. Um, in the movies anyway. But, <laughs> but you know, he's like, no, yeah, I wasn't hungry. And, of course, Harry's not going to tell them that he heard a voice. He doesn't know right. how they're going to react, especially because yeah. he's the only one who's hearing this. So, yeah, yeah they try and cover it up and... Snape's just like, oh, well, you know, maybe these three should be punished. Maybe Potter shouldn't be able to play Quidditch. Are you really that petty? Come on, Snape. It, one, a is not getting you to be here. No. This. He wants that Quidditch cup so bad for the Slytherin house. Like, he is just willing to do anything. Yeah, he is. Which, at this point, they have won the cup. Yeah. They won the cup. The uh, first book, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, but it just shows his insecurity and how he knows his team sucks. That's right. (laughs) Sucks. Trying to take Harry out of the game. Trying to 
freaking buy your way onto the team. Right. Malfoy. Right. Just a bunch of cheaters on the Slytherin team. Freaking cheaters. Not all Slytherins are bad, but you do have a lot of people that are just... Bad. Jerky Jerks. buttholes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe... Maybe being in Slytherin around the other ones mm-hmm. just kind of like it just seeps off. Yeah, that onto air you. of ambition just really like the arrogance. Yeah. a little bit. Yeah, just like rubs off. So by the time, on some of them anyway. On some of them, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, friggin' Slytherins, you know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, so. I think next day we're in class. Yeah. We're in... History of Magic. History of Magic. In the movie, it's McGonagall. But right. But in the book, it's Professor, Professor Binns. Binns. He's also another one that's left out. Yeah. he. So he's a ghost, ghost. professor at the school. He mm-hmm. sat down in, I think it was like the teacher's lounge or something, fell asleep and passed away in his sleep. And then... Got up His to ghost teach. got up to teach. <laughs> that's dedication. Honestly, it's kind to me. I'm like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> like it's crazy, but right. it's cool. It's, but yeah. I mean, yeah, he. I don't even know if he really recognizes that he's a ghost, but he's just he's just doing his thing. Yeah, and he always gets all the students' names just slightly wrong. Yeah, that's another like funny yeah. thing about his character. Yeah, I like it. But you know, everyone's always like falling asleep in his class because they find history and magic to be boring. It yeah. Partially could be the way that he's teaching it. Sure. But, uh, or the way that he's speaking, you know, you imagine that very like dry Bueller sort of mm-hmm. teacher. Um, but you know, Hermione, the smart girl that she is, sees this as an opportunity. History of magic. Uh, professor, can you tell us about the chamber of secrets, please? Yeah. And he's like, uh, myths and history aren't really, you know, the same thing. She's yeah. like, yes, but myths are based. Rooted. Yes, they're rooted in history, are they not? Mm-hmm. And he's like, fine. Right. So he gives us the story behind the Chamber of Secrets. Yep. We, uh, let's see. We start with learning about the four founding, I want to say fathers, but. Two of them are women. Fathers and mothers. <laughs> the founders. The founders. That's the word I was looking for. The founders <laughs> of the school. Um, you have Godric Gryffindor, Helga Hufflepuff, Rowena Ravenclaw, and Salazar Slytherin. Mm-hmm. You can, if you can't tell which one belongs to or made which house, I hope you can tell. <laughs> so, but, you know, so and each one of them kind of got to decide the parameters of who, you know, they decided they wanted the school to be split up into four houses. They kind of wanted students of like mind with them. So mm-hmm. Gryffindor, you know, brave, Hufflepuff. Loyal. Loyal and kind. Ravenclaw, witty and... Clever. Clever and then Slytherin, ambitious. Well... Mm-hmm. Unlike the other three, Slytherin thought that the school should only be for students that are of wizarding heritage. He didn't think that they should teach students of any muggle lineage. Right. So they say because of this, you know, he kind of had a disagreement with the other founders and he he leaves the school. But before he leaves the school, he leaves a creature to, uh, you know exact his revenge i suppose <laughs> to rid the school of any who are unworthy right. aka muggle right but 
No one has ever found said creature. No one has ever found the... Chamber? Chamber, nor the entrance to said chamber. Many of uh, teachers, professors... Headmasters. ...have tried, which you can only imagine they're all very skilled Mm -hmm. wizards. No one has ever been lucky enough, so... That kind of helps prove, like, it's not real, because everyone has tried and mm-hmm. failed to find it. That's right. So, that yeah. is the story. That's the myth. <laughs> so, but they kind of all are like, well, we believe it. Yeah. We think oh. it's real. You can't hear a cool story like that and yeah. go, yeah, you're right, it's rubbish. You're going to be like, uh, no, that is 100% That's... fact. Let's find it. That's real. So, yeah, they fully believe that it's real, and they notice that there is, like, a line of spiders walking away from Moaning Myrtle's bathroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we notice lines of spiders throughout the story just kind of cropping up. Yeah. And they're noticed, but the reason for them is not ever, or not not ever, but not immediately mentioned. Right. We're just kind of... It's seeing noted. them. It's they're like little breadcrumbs. They're they're leaving yeah. us. They're leading us somewhere in the story. We don't know where yet. Yes. Um, so they notice the spiders, and so they go into Myrtle's bathroom. Mm-hmm. They talk to Myrtle, I mm-hmm. assume, um, and they're just kind of like looking around, seeing what's day. happening in yeah. there, because that's also right where the crime occurred. Right, where we found Mrs. Norris. Yes. All the water. All the water spilled from that bathroom. Yeah. Myrtle, when she gets upset, she floods the bathroom. Yeah. That's her M.O. Yeah. So, and they're discussing this, and they think, obviously, that Malfoy is the heir of Slytherin. Yeah. And he's the one who opened the chamber again, and he is... It's sound reasoning on their part. It it really is. (laughs) Um, You know, enemies of the air, mudbloods, and he said, you'll be next, mudbloods. Right. Yeah. So, So. this is where they're going, and Hermione's like, you know what? The real way to figure this out is to go into the Slytherin common room in disguise, and he's probably bragging. Right. Because he's kind of a boasting kid. Oh, 100%. So they're like, yeah, he's bragging about this. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, the only way to do that is Polyjuice Potion. We're going to look like some of the Slytherins. Yep. So they that's the beginning of their plan. That's their plan. To uh, Polyjuice it up. Yep. Which, when you take Polyjuice Potion, you have a little bit of the person you're changing into, and you drink the potion, and then you just look like a replica of the person. You look and sound like the person. Yeah. You look and sound like them. Unlike the film, you don't sound like yourself. Right. You sound like the I have to, I had to say that. Yeah. But, so they make their plan, um, and then we're heading into the next chapter, the Rogue Bludger, but we're still on the Polyjuice po- Potion plot. Mm-hmm. So they need to get a book from the restriction, the restricted section to get the ingredients, the list, the um, recipe. Recipe. <laughs> I mean, it instructions um, for the potion. So you have to have a teacher's signature for the restricted yeah. section. Hermione, being amazingly smart as she is, and being madly in love with Lockhart, 
you know, it's kind of two birds, one stone. She knows that he's vain. Yeah. And so she butters him up and gets him to sign this permission slip. And Mm -hmm. this man is like ready to sign just about anything at all times. So yeah. Stand too still and he's going to sign you. Right. (laughs) Yes. So done and done. She's got her permission slip. She's going to get the book from the restricted section and we're going to start this party. Yeah. It's going to take a month though. So it's going to be. It's in a while before they actually get to take it. Yeah. Before they can enact it. But we're, we're starting the process. We're we're starting. And they also need to steal some stuff from Snape's. Yes. Private. Because some of them are in the student store closet, but some of them are more rare. Yep. And we're going to have to snatch them from Snape. Yep. So, um, but that doesn't happen until next chapter. Correct. Yeah. So before that, we are going into the first Quidditch match against Slytherin. Yep. And, um, you know, the Gryffindor team, they're seeing these Nimbus 2001s and they're zipping around and they're like, Yikes. Right. Harry, you need to get that snitch ASAP because this is going to be a rough one. Yeah. And he says, basically, get the snitch or die trying. Yeah. (laughs) Oliver (laughs) Wood. (laughs) So, you know, they start playing. Harry's hyper-focused. And a bludger almost takes him out, which that's what they do. Right. But this one seems particularly focused on Harry. He keeps following him, and he's like, this isn't normal. Mm -mm. And so Fred and George are, like, flanking him, and he's like, listen here. Yeah. I can't be getting the snitch with you knocking knees with me. Right. This is uh, unacceptable. Right, and then they're yelling at Oliver, you know, you told him to get the snitch or die trying, and look, he, that's exactly what he's going to do. <laughs> yeah. But Harry thinks he can handle yeah. it. And Wood's like, leave him alone. Right, we need you getting the other bludger off the other teammates. Yeah. So, so. reluctantly, they agree, because yeah. like I said, they're good friends on and off the pitch. They are. They are. We we get a little... Uh, Chase around. Chase, chasing around, yeah. Malfoy's laughing at Harry because he's, like, you know, twisting and turning, trying to avoid this bludger. Yeah. But then Harry sees the snitch. Yep. He goes for it. The bludger breaks his arm. Yep. But he gets the snitch anyway. Yep. He gets the job done. He does it. And then he falls. As you would as you're holding something (laughs) and then your other arm is broken. It's broken. You're holding the broom uh, i assume with your knees yeah which is not a preferred way to, no, to fly the broom no that's not how you fly so he falls to the ground and people like swarm him and then lockhart's like i can fix it and it's like please don't he's like no i got this he <laughs> you don't know what you're saying <laughs> yeah and harry is just like no madam pomfrey where are you <laughs> and then lockhart's just like Recky arm, Airmendo, and <laughs> it Airmendoed something, and it made his bones vanish, and now oh. he's got a noodle arm. <laughs> All the bones in his arm are gone. I imagine that that feels like you know whenever you like sleep on your arm weird, and you mm-hmm. wake up, and it's like basically like dead. Yes, it's fully asleep, and yes. you're just like shaking your arm. I'm yes. doing the motion. You can't see it, you but I know it. exactly what she's talking about. Whitney can see it. <laughs> That's what I think of when I read this scene. Yeah. And I can, like, feel it. Yeah. But 
he even it, he doesn't even feel tingles like it's no, yeah. like nothing it's literally which has got to be even more of a jarring sensation how alarming oh my god yeah Woof. yeah no so poor harry has to go to the hospital wing where he should have gone in the first place yes and we got to drink some nasty skelligro because it does not taste good yeah and he's got to regrow all of his bones thank you lockhart what Madame Pomfrey could have had him zip zap. Yeah. Fixed. fixed in a flash. Yep, but no. Because she is an expert medical professional. That is her job. Lockhart is out here showing off and showing himself a fool. He's showing his ass right now. Oh my God. But he's acting like he's the best gift. So. What's really weird about Lockhart that I think is really hilarious is a lot of people who are who front like that Mm -hmm. who put on like a facade to try and be something they're not usually when faced with a situation where they're gonna have to demonstrate their like skill or knowledge they will avoid it right he knowing full well that he didn't do all the shit that he says he did Uh uh-huh he's he runs (laughs) head first in every situation going i got this i think he's literally hoping He'll prove himself right. <laughs> it's I really do. The hilarity there. It's so ridiculous because it's like, but on some level, you know, you have an inkling of your own incompetence. Otherwise, you wouldn't have done what you did to get where you are. Right. You would have just done the shit. Right. But you're... That's too hard. That Yeah, that's a lot of effort. But you're still out here like thinking what you're that you're gonna impress some people and then you just fuck up royally he is michael scott (laughs) he really is (laughs) (laughs) i have a michael scott quote i have a whiteboard that sits like it's on wheels and it sits in my cube at work and i keep like my schedule on it i change it every week but i have like a quote at the top and it's a michael scott scott quote and it says (laughs) And I knew exactly what to do, but in a much more real sense, I had no idea what to do. <laughs> <laughs> that is both of their life mottos. Yes. It's yes. one of my favorite Michael Scott quotes. It, it's an amazing one. And it encapsulates <laughs> him as a person perfectly. And in a much more real sense, I had I no, no idea, idea what, what to do. do. Yep. <laughs> yep. And that is Lockhart. He's going to act like he knows exactly what to do while having zero clue. Just... Making a huge mess of everything. Yep, yep. And uh, Harry is... <laughs> he's the victim here. Yeah, he's the victim here. He's so, a, you know. In the hospital wing, overnight, regrowing them bones. And Which cannot be pleasant. No, it's got to be so uncomfortable. Yeah. It's like splint... Doesn't it say it's like splinters, like, you yeah. know, inside your skin? Like, that's uh, such a good descriptor, but also like, yowch. Yeah, no. Not fun. No. And then all of a sudden, boop, here's Dobby appears. Again. Here he is. Yeah. And he's like, hey, I'm, I tried to save you. Why didn't you go home whenever you couldn't get on the train? And he was like, that was you? Oh, and also, we forgot to mention earlier, Dobby's the reason that Harry didn't receive any letters from his friends. That's Dobby right. had been snatching them and hiding them. Yep. He'd been snatching his letters. Which, <sighs> How? He's a house elf. They're, yeah, they have some weird... He probably magic. saw the owl. He was probably scouting the house, saw the owl, and was like, boop. Yeah. House elves are incredibly powerful magic creatures. Mm-hmm. I don't know how they got roped into the, the house whole. elf enslavement. Like, yeah. 
baloney and is yeah. so wrong. Yeah. Which we get a little bit more of that later. Yeah. But, yeah, house elves are very, very powerful. So I bet he just snapped, like, snapped it right out of the owl's yeah. claws. And, You're right. You know, right. or, you know, also because his aunt and uncle aren't trying to make it easy for owls to deliver things either. That's so true. it probably made it really easy for Dobby to yeah. intercept. Just, just grab them. But, yeah, so we find out not only Dobby blocked the entrance to platform nine and three quarters but he also set the rogue bludger he's Mm -hmm. like i'm just trying to get you to see that you're in danger and you need to go home and harry's like the only thing that is putting me in danger is you (laughs) yeah how do you not see this (laughs) i'm pretty sure that ron whenever harry is telling ron and hermione about this ron says if he doesn't stop trying to save your life he's gonna kill you yep facts it is facts Listen, Ron is astute. He is. He is. He doesn't get the credit he deserves. No. He is astute. He sees what's up. He reads a room like nobody's business. He really does. <laughs> um, also, we see oh, that Colin Creevy has been petrified. Yeah. After Harry and Dobby have their little spat, Dobby disappears, and then Harry pretends to be asleep and... Poor little Colin Creevy's body is brought in and he, too, is petrified. Yep. He has his camera and they open it up to see if maybe there's film in there that can be developed to get a picture of his attacker. But it just... Alas, poof, it is, it is dust. It is melted. Mm-hmm. Sad day. Whatever it is that's out here petrifying, folks, it's intense. Yeah. it's Now it's got two victims. Two victims down. Oof. Not cool now we're headed to chapter the dueling club the dueling club but harry is healed up he's got his bones the crew is starting to make the polyjuice potion but as maddie said before we're gonna have to steal some stuff from snape stores yep harry <laughs> harry Ron, and hermione hermione's i don't think is like keen on the pl- well no she's keen on the it, plan she wants plan. The, yeah she yep. wants these ingredients so I, I just keep defaulting to her not wanting to break rules, but no, like, yeah, she's in. She's, she's in. fully in. She yeah. wanted to make the... The boys were actually, like, hesitant on the polyjuice potion, yeah. and she is sort of like, fine, if you're fine with Muggleborns, like, getting killed, then that's just fine. Yeah. And they're like, oh, duh, fine. our best friend yeah. is, yes, of course, of course we're going to do this. Yeah. So. Yeah. The firecracker gets thrown into Goyles, Crabber Goyles. One of them. Uh, cauldron during a... <laughs> I forget what the potion is. It that, makes them, like, ha- get, like, boils. Yeah, it's it's not a pleasant potion that they're making. It explodes on everyone, and Snape has to, like, reverse the effects with, like, mm-hmm. another potion. And he doesn't know who did it, but he suspects... He suspects that it's Harry. But while the kerfluffle is happening, Hermione sneaks in, steals some stuff, puts it in her robes, and sneaks back out. Yep. Like the boss she is. Yeah. So they've got their shit. Mm-hmm. And they're about to... they. She's mixing it up. Because, of course, Hermione's the one who's making the potion. Of course. Duh. It's a pretty advanced potion, yeah. too. So yeah, it is. Um, so... We pass a few days, mm-hmm. and then there's a notice on the notice board about a dueling club. Oh, God. Started by none other than our good friend Gilderoy Lockhart. The most incompetent spell wielder on yeah. the planet. Yeah. And Snape is 
along for the ride. He's there to, like, assist. But I really think deep down he's there to just get a good laugh. And right. Get a boy. Yes, I think so. He's, and maybe yeah. cause some pain to non-Slytherin students. Right. I think that's his, his because, goal. <laughs> and I think Snape is a pretty accomplished dueler, yeah. just generally. Oh, for sure. So, they're holding the, uh, the duel. And they are trying to demonstrate some things. And Lockhart is... He drops his wand, and he gets thrown back. Yeah, Snape disarms him easily. Expelliarmus. Easily, no, like Snape could have been asleep and still pulled this off. Oh, for sure. So you know, this is where we first get Expelliarmus. Mm -hmm. And if you've only watched the movies, people think this is the only spell that Harry ever does, which is just simply untrue. (laughs) But yet. Partially true. <laughs> I mean, it's it's weird. It is weird. The but there are also spells in the movie that they never say in the book. Like yeah. Aranya Exime, Serpent, maybe Serpent Sorcia is in the book. I can't remember. But there are spells that, like, they throw out in the movie that they right don't there. say in the book. Like, yeah. they don't give us a spell for Like Lumos Maximus. Yeah, there's, there's, there's no. That. No, it's just Lumos. Just Lumos. So. No, Lumos Maxima. So, but, Yeah. So sometimes it happens, but, you know, once Snape is done wiping the floor with Gilderoy, then they let the students pair up, but they kind of choose who pairs up with who. Mm -hmm. Hermione's stuck with Millicent Millicent Bolstrode, Bolstrode. who's, like, putting her in a headlock. (laughs) Which is really funny. Uh, Ron gets Seamus Finnegan, which he's, he's a good kid, but. Yeah, I like Seamus. You know, he makes everything. Yeah, Ron's wand is jacked, and Seamus makes everything (laughs) explode slash set on fire, so. That's yeah. that's a match made in heaven. It is. And then of course Snape suggests that Draco and Harry Of course. Duel. And then What an Snape, instigator. I know. Well and he whispers something in Draco's ear. I don't believe for one second he didn't give him that spell. The spell, yeah. Yeah. For sure. And Gilderoy is trying to like give Harry pointers and Harry in his mind is just like, nah. Shut up. Get out of here. Right. Wand drop an ass. Right. (laughs) I feel like there's nothing more bitch than, like, dropping your wand. Oh, yeah. Especially when you're, like, about to duel or you're trying to teach people to duel and you just drop your wand. Yes. That would be like having a, you know, I don't know, a a guitar competition and you just, like, drop your guitar. Yeah. No. Or... A gun competition, you drop your gun, you look incompetent. Yeah, yeah. It just makes you look foolish. Yeah, yeah. Both my, I think, yeah, both my comparisons are probably ridiculous, but that's what first popped in my head. I feel like they're pretty pretty (laughs) accurate. But yeah, so Draco spits a snake out of his wand, and then of course Snape's like, let me handle it. And then Gilderoy's like, no, no, let me. He pisses off the snake. Yeah. And that, so Harry, who has always had a connection with snakes, like the one in the first movie mm-hmm. that was at the zoo. So he's like, hey, I'll talk to this guy. We're probably buddies. Like, hey, yeah. snake. Don't do that. Don't do that. Because it was going towards Justin, Justin. Finch Fletchley. So he's telling it to leave him alone. And it does back off. But everyone's looking at Harry mighty weird. And, like, they think he's, like, egging it on. Mm-hmm. Even though it's clearly chilling out. But... Yeah. I think Snape sort of diffuses the situation. But the damage is done. Now everyone is looking at Harry like he's done something wrong. Yeah. They're giving him the side eye pretty hard. Mm-hmm. And it's because 
Harry wasn't speaking in English to the snake. He was speaking parcel tongue. Which is snake language. Snake language and a very rare skill. Yeah. The only people that have really been known to speak snake language are Salazar Slytherin's descendants. descendants. So, yeah. yikes. Yikes. Everyone thinks for sure, okay. It's Harry. He's, he is the heir of Slytherin. He's the one. And um, so then we have, you know, Harry's bothered by this. Mm-hmm. So he goes looking for Justin to be like, hey. He wants to clear the air. I, I was calling the snake off. Yeah. Like, no worries. No right. beef. We're good. Because Ernie is sitting there talking smack. And Ernie, Harry overhears yeah. it. And he's like, hey, I wasn't trying to hurt your friend. Where is he? But, I mean, him asking where he is, like, you're making yourself look more suspicious. Yeah. But he wants to, he wants to clear the air. Yeah. But... He doesn't find him until, unfortunately, he's walking back to Gryffindor Tower and, well, he stumbles upon a petrified Justin Finch Fletchley. He, like, falls on his body. And there also is Nick, nearly Mm -hmm. headless Nick, is also petrified, but he could because he's, you know... He's a ghost, so he's just floating there. Right. And they have to try and figure out how to get him to the hospital wing. Yeah. It is funny that they, like, take fans to yeah. get him there. But before people come to help, like, I think Peeves finds him. Peeves finds him. Of course him. it's Peeves. He can be your greatest helper or your greatest foe yeah. when you are in dire straits. And he, like, starts yelling and gets everyone, you know, to come out there again, right? Yeah. And... Then people are convinced. They're yeah, like, they know. They're, yeah. Harry Dunn got Justin Finch Fletchley, mm-hmm. petri- you know, petrified. He's the heir of Slytherin. He is the culprit. So then, you know, Minerva has no choice. She, she takes him to, to Dumbledore. Yeah, she's got to take him to Dumbledore's office. So. And we're in the next chapter called The, the Polyjuice Potion. So, but Harry goes to Dumbledore's office. He sees the sorting hat and he's like, hey, um, you know, do you think you put me in the right house? What's up? And actually he doesn't, he puts the hat on and he doesn't have like a face to face conversation. He puts the hat on. He puts it on. And he's like, you know, did you put me in the right house? And the hat's like, you know, you would have done well in Slytherin, I'm just saying. But, you know, Harry, Harry obviously is like, I, I'm glad I'm in Gryffindor though. That's what I wanted. Because that's what he asked the hat. Yeah. He told the hat. He had the option, and he chose Gryffindor. That's right. But Dumbledore comes back. He's like, hey, I don't think you're the one doing this, but I do feel like there's something you want to tell me. Harry's like, no. No, I don't want to say anything. I don't have anything. Yeah. Nope. And also, when he first walks in, he sees this tiny, or no, not tiny, this old bird that's just, like, molting and looks awful. Yeah. Sets on fire, turns to ash. Harry's like, oh my god, they're gonna think I'm a murderer. I Everything that I come upon is dying. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, Professor, you're a bird. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. But luckily, Dumbledore's like, hey, no. He's a phoenix. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry that you saw him on a burning day, because he's normally quite lovely, you know. Yeah. But yeah, that's what happens. They they live their long little life. They burn and then they are reborn from the ashes. And now there's just this tiny little baby, baby phoenix. So that's all good there. But phoenixes have 
really great traits. They can carry heavy loads. Their tears have healing powers. Mm-hmm. I think are, they're fiercely loyal. Mm-hmm. Beautiful song, birds, you know, beautiful birds in general. So we're introduced to Fox, yep. which is the... The phoenix. The phoenix's name. Um, so, yeah. Luckily, he's free to go. Hagrid right. actually bursts in and tries to, like, defend Harry and Dumbledore's, like, not necessary. I don't think he did it. I don't think he did it, so we're good. We're good. Um, so, but, you know, the rest of the school is not as accepting as Dumbledore. No. Damage done. They Damage think, done. They think Harry is he the one. did it. And Fred and George think it's, like, hilarious. Yeah. They're marching him through the halls, like, Air of Slytherin! Make way! Make way for the Air of Slytherin! (laughs) Very Fred and George. Yep. Now, while all this is happening, Ginny is actually quite upset at all the happenings. This is her first year, and she's just beside herself after Mrs. Norris. Because she apparently loves cats. Yeah, and now after, you know, Colin Colin and Justin. Justin. Yep. And nearly headless Nick. So she's just beside herself. She's like almost inconsolable yeah, at this point. Fully distraught. You know. But yeah, the, so, but the but the twins are just having a heyday. They us. really are. Um, so now we're coming up to Christmas. Mm-hmm. And the potion is now ready. Yep. So they are planning on going to Christmas dinner. Hermione has devised this plan mm-hmm. where she's made these two cakes. And she's put sleeping potion in them. <laughs> and they're going to leave them for Fred, uh, Fred, for Crab and Goyle <laughs> to find. And then when they fall asleep, they're going to take their hairs for the potion. So the yep. Harry and Ron will be Crab and Goyle. Hermione has a hair from Millicent Bulstrode. When she had her in a headlock. So that's the plan. And Harry and Ron are like, so many things could go wrong. Right. Whoa. Um, but the plan goes off without a hitch. Yeah. Well, at first, sort anyway. Of. So, uh, Hermione, for some reason, stays behind. And they're like, hmm. Weird, but we're on limited time. It, it only lasts about an hour. An hour, yeah. So the boys go. Yeah. To the Slytherin common room. They do. They figure out how to get in there. Mm-hmm. And, um, they're chit-chatting with Malfoy. Mm-hmm. Trying to get him to say that he is the heir. Right. Trying to get him all braggadocious. All, yeah. <laughs> Get him, get him going, and um, we find out that uh, Malfoy is not the heir. He says, "I wish I knew who it was so I could help him out." And they're like, "Wait, you should. You don't know, right?" I've told you that. Oh yeah, okay, sure, sure. And then he says, uh, "The last time the chamber was open, a girl died." Yeah, and the Heath. Hopes this time it's Hermione. Yep. And the boys are doing their best not to, like, react like Ron and Harry, but right. like Crab and Goyle. And right. They're doing their best. And he, They do better in the book than they do in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, eventually they're, like, kind of notice that some of their it's features are coming go. back. Yeah. So Yeah. Because Malfoy was also talking mad smack on Arthur, too. Right. Yeah. So he's, he's like, you know, they're they're doing their best to not, like, rip his head off. But, yeah, it's time to go. It's time the, to get out of there. The potion is wearing off. So they skedaddle. They get back to the, to Moaning Myrtle's bathroom where, they're brew, where they brewed the potion. And Hermione's still locked in the stall. And Myrtle is gleeful. <laughs> The she's, only time that you yeah. really see Myrtle Gleeful. Yeah, she's like, 
<laughs> you should see her. It's so bad. <laughs> and finally, Hermione comes out, and apparently the hair that she got from Millicent was a cat hair. And Polyjuice and, Potion is not meant for animals. It is only meant for human transfiguration. Yeah. So she's so, got to go. It's her turn to, to see to Madame house. Pompey. Yeah. <laughs> so she's she's a cat, essentially. Yep. yep. And she goes to the hospital wing. Luckily, this is a magic school and shit goes weird a lot. Yeah. So Madame Pomfrey's not really asking any questions. She's like, oh yeah, you're a cat. Cool, let's get this fixed. Right. Instead of like, what happened? How did you become half a cat? Right. And if she does ask, she probably takes Hermione's non-answer. She's just like, oh, Miss Granger. Oh, young wizards and yep. witches. Yep. A little bit of time goes by, I think. Yeah, we um, get to Valentine's Day. Yep. We're in the very secret diary. So, Moaning Myrtle is upset, per usual, because someone came into her bathroom and threw a book through the top of her head. Yeah. And Harry actually says, well, wouldn't it just go right through you? <laughs> not Ron. Like, yeah, she's like, not the point. Right. She's like, yeah, let's just throw things at me because I can't feel it. Yeah. Really? Bro? But they um, they look around and they find a diary. Mm-hmm. And it has the name Tom Riddle on the back, right? Mm-hmm. But no writing inside of it. It's no. empty. It's um, just empty. But it belongs to a T.M. Riddle. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they just kind of hang on to it. Um, for some reason, Gilderoy Lockhart gets some wild hair like he always does. And he's like, I know. I'll make everyone cheer up from all the bad things happening and we're gonna have a party we're gonna have a valentine's day well not a party a valentine's day celebration yeah where you can send singing valentines with, to whoever. with these little dudes that do not seem like remotely romantic like no they, i imagine them being like short little brooklyn talking like come over here i gotta <laughs> i got a song i gotta sing at you come here <laughs> yeah why couldn't it have been like Little flowers that you buy, and then the flower sings. Right. Or even, like, a cute, sweet messenger that, like, loves love. Yeah. Like an actual Cupid. Yeah. These little dudes just do not seem interested, mm. other than the fact they're very adamant. Like, even if yeah. you're like, no, thank you, they're like, no, no. Listen, I'm going to sing this to you. Right. So, obviously, Harry gets one. From... Jenny. Jenny. Talking about how his eyes are as green as toads and stuff. <laughs> it's quite cute, but it also a little cute. embarrassing for both of them. Yeah, and it's, you know, Harry gets it sung to him right in front of everyone. Great. And he's mocked for it. Right. So. It's just, just great. It's just a lot for him. Yeah. Poor guy. Yeah. So. And then I don't quite remember in the book, like, what he's doing when he's like messing around with the diary, is he? Oh, he's just in his in the common room or yeah. in his well, dorm room. What what spurs him to like actually write in it is whenever the singing Valentine guy right. tackles him, ink goes all over all of his stuff because his bag like drops or whatever. Right, and he notices that the diary doesn't have any ink on it. Yeah. And so then he starts writing and it absorbs his writing mm-hmm. and then Tom Riddle writes back to yeah, him. Yeah, so he's writing in his diary and it's responding back to him. It's yeah. like, hi, Harry Potter, I'm Tom Riddle. Yeah, and so Harry, noticing that like there's a date 
on the diary that's like 50 years before. Mm-hmm. And I think Malfoy had said something about the chamber had been open 50 years ago yes. and that's when the girl died. Yeah. So he's like, 50 years. So he asked Tom Riddle, do you know anything about the Chamber of Secrets? Mm-hmm. And Tom's like, yeah, I do. Let me show you. Yeah. And so Harry just like falls right into the diary. And he's following Tom Riddle, this handsome young man. Mm-hmm. And Tom Riddle sees a young Hagrid. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you, you know, the jig is up. He's like, because Somebody we, died. yeah, we, we start with Tom talking to the headmaster and he's basically telling him like, hey, Tom, we're going to have to send you back to the orphanage early. Um, because of the death, it's like, we think the school's going to be closed. Why are you discussing this with a student, necessarily? I mean, I guess they got to tell him, like, hey, you got to go home. Yeah. But, um, Tom's like, oh, well, if, if if we find who did it, then, uh, will the school stay open? It's like, why, do you know something? No. No, No. of course not. But then he, yeah, then he goes straight to Hagrid, because he knows Hagrid loves creatures. And and he's got a creature in a box in there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And... That uh, that is who it is pinned on, Hagrid. Right. He rats him out. He's like, hey, your monster's been killing. It's time to give it up. You yeah. know, I don't think you meant to hurt anyone, but someone's died. And so, yeah, yeah, it gets pinned on Hagrid. And then Harry's out of the memory, and that's all he's left with is yeah. seeing Hagrid get caught for yeah. the murder. Yep. So, and I think... Um, you know, Hagrid was expelled, but he wasn't arrested. So right. the consensus is that Hagrid just wanted to help this creature and wasn't really didn't know that didn't it was killing, g- that hurting it, people. Yes, or did. that it was going to kill someone. Right, exactly. So Hagrid is innocent as far as motive, but he's still kind of indirectly responsible. Right. So yeah, yeah. he got expelled. Wand broken. But he stays on his gamekeeper. Yeah. 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 So they find the... So Harry obviously tells Ron and Hermione, and then as we get to the next chapter, which is titled Cornelius Fudge. Which I don't think we said who he is either. Yeah, he's the Minister of Magic. We're Um, on the ball tonight, okay? Totally. (laughs) And so Harry's telling Ron and Hermione about the diary and what he saw and blah, blah, blah. And they're kind of debating back and forth on whether or not they should ask Hagrid about Mm -hmm. it. And they kind of decide, let's not. It's probably a touchy subject. For sure. So let's, let's just not. Um, then they all pick their classes. Yeah. Which Hermione signs up for. Everything. All of them. Mm -hmm. And then the boys just end up picking the same classes as each other. Right. Because the thought is, if I'm going to do poorly, at least I'll have. You know, a buddy. A buddy by my side. Yeah, so. exactly. So then the diary is stolen out of the dorm. Yep. It's disheveled everywhere, and the only thing missing is the diary. Yep. So It is ransacked. Whoever got rid of it came back for it yeah. and took it. They wanted it and knew he had it. Yeah. Yep. So that's a mystery. Yep. And then uh, <sighs> Harry, poor Harry... Here's the voice again. On his way to play some Quidditch. And his head's got to be clear for some Quidditch. Yeah, he can't be worrying about this shit. No. He, you know, so. No. He he gets to the Quidditch. Well, he's hearing the voice, and all of a sudden, Hermione has an idea. 
She has yeah. the light bulb go off. Yep. But she doesn't tell the boys anything. Nothing. She wants. I think she wants to go to the library and confirm it first. Yes. That is kind of a, a theme with her. Mm-hmm. But see, even in the later books. Right. But this moment should prove. Say your idea before you run off, just in case. Right, right, right. So that somebody has an idea of what's going on. Yeah. But yeah, so she runs off to the library. And they're kind of like, all right. Okie dokie. She, she's doing what she do, which she's, is going to the library. <laughs> Hermione's going to be Hermione-ing. Yes. Uh, they go to the Quidditch pitch, but then before the match can start, it's canceled. It's canceled. McGonagall's like, eat. Harry, Everyone. I need you and Mr. Weasley Come, Come with me. with me. And uh, there have been new petrifications. And it's Hermione. And another student, a Ravenclaw student, and her name's Penelope Clearwater. Yep. They have been petrified. Yep. But oddly, they both have... Don't they both have, like, something reflective in their possession? Like a mirror or something? I think it's just the one mirror. Okay. That's found with them. Oh, together. Yeah, Because they were found together. Yep. Okay. Yep. So, yeah, they're... Uh, the boys are obviously upset. Their yep. friend who ran off to the library is now petrified. Yep. But after Hermione being petrified, then everyone who thought Harry was doing this was like, oh... We know you wouldn't do that to her. We know you wouldn't do that to your best friend. Yep. So Ernie actually, like, comes around and is like, hey... Sorry. Sorry, dude. Can we be friends? Yeah. Or at least, you know, cool, cool. in class. <laughs> Let's be cool again. Yeah. So, then... N- it's It's gone too far. They gotta far. ask Hagrid They now. have to ask Hagrid now. They're like, it's Hermione. We right. gotta ask. They're not accusing him. They just... They don't Need have any know. leads because yeah. someone ran off to the library without saying anything. That's right. Go and ahead. then got herself petrified. Yep. So... They make their way down. They have the invisibility cloak. Yep. They're going to Hagrid's. And um, what do you know? They have to hide in the corner because Fudge, Cornelius Fudge, the Minister of Magic, and Dumbledore show up. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, Hagrid, sorry about this, but uh, at this point, we, we kind of got to look like we're doing something, so we gotta take you. Right. Even though Dumbledore's like, I don't think that Hagrid's done this. He has yeah. my full confidence. And uh, Fudge is like, yeah, sorry, I gotta look like I'm doing anything. Yeah. Got an image to protect here. Right. Because we can't actually, you know, do any work. Yeah, we can't actually look into this no. and investigate. Easy answer. Boom, Hagrid. bada, boom, Hagrid. Let's go. But before they take Hagrid off, Lucius Malfoy shows up at mm-hmm. Hagrid's cabin. Talking that shit. Get the hell out. Nobody asked you, invited you. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. But he's come to tell Dumbledore, oh, well, with all this stuff going on, the other governors and I have decided that you're not the right fit for Headmaster. So you got to go. So you got to go. So now Dumbledore is, like, out. Mm-hmm. And Fudge is taking Hagrid. Mm-hmm. But Dumbledore, before he leaves... Just reminds the room that anyone that, you know, what is it? Uh, help will always be granted granted to those who are loyal to him. Mm-hmm. And then um, I sure hope that me bumping my knee is not like showing or is not causing audio. I'm sure <laughs> it's thing. Um, 
So yeah, help will always be granted to those who ask for it or whatever. Yeah. And then Hagrid's <laughs> like, if anyone was looking for some stuff, all they gotta do is follow the spiders. Oh, and also feed my dog. <laughs> yeah. Which good on you, Hagrid. Just you're thinking about your baby boy. Yeah, of course Bang. he is. Of course he yeah. is. All right. So Harry and Ron now are like, fuck. <laughs> Hagrid's Can you gone. imagine if they said that? <laughs> <laughs> Hagrid's gone. Dumbledore's gone. They go back to, to the castle, and they're just like, kind of like, what do we do now? Yeah. But they see a line of spiders. Yeah. They remember yeah. seeing a line of spiders randomly throughout, and now they see another line again. Yeah, and I think what had happened pri- just on, like, the same day is Lockhart is walking around talking about why is everybody upset. They've got Hagrid. They've got mm. the culprit. Yeah. I knew he did it from the beginning. Blah, blah, blah. Brag, brag, brag. A walking dumpster fire yeah. you are. So Harry and Ron are like, We've we've got to see what the what Hagrid meant. Mm-hmm. They see the line of spiders and they follow it into the forest. Yep. And they take Fang for protection. Yeah, and you know they gotta let him out. He's gotta yeah. go do his business. Yeah, they gotta take care of Fang too. Yeah. So they have Fang. They're following the spiders in the forest. They go deep in the forest. Deep. Deep, and, dark, ooh, can't even hardly see your hand. Cannot face. hardly see until they finally get to this clearing that is filled with webs. Yeah. Do they see the car before they find the spiders, or no. is it after? It's just after. Okay. Yeah. So, they get there, and Aragog is like... This well, I think the spider, some of the kid spiders snatch them. I, I think and they... And then take them to Aragog. Oh, which, is that... You're right, that's true. Because it kind of, like, all of a sudden they're being, like, lifted off their feet. And I'm like, whoa, that would be scary. Scary. (laughs) And then Aragog tells them not to eat them at first. Right. Well, it just, like, they kind of bring them to him. And then they're like, hey, let me tell you the situation. Hagrid sent us. Hagrid sent us. And he's like, oh, Hagrid's a friend. You know, he found me. Raised me. Yeah. I came to him in the pocket of a traveler. He raised me, found me a mate. We were able to make this huge family you see before you. Mm -hmm. Hagrid's my my boy. Yeah. My kids don't eat Hagrid on my command. Right. They're like, can you tell us about the, the, are you the... Are you the chamber beast? Are you, are you the thing? And he's like, no, I'm not the chamber beast. I'm not the thing. But I know what the chamber beast is. Okay, tell me what it is. Oh, we don't speak its name. Yeah, we don't speak its name. We're scared We of flee this. from it. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah. You're scared? Of, can you give me more than that? Just tell me its name. Right. Just tell me what it is. Give me some info. That he could have just said it. It's a very giant serpent. Right, but that no. Might, which, honestly, why wouldn't the, somebody have just assumed it's a snake? Right. Slytherin, snake. Right. It's a snake. You get- they they go for the easy answers or the no answer because right, right, right. they're lazy. They're, yeah, they're just not thinking it through. No. So Harry and Ron are kind of like, okay, cool. Thanks we for... We know it's not you. Yeah. <laughs> we know Hagrid's innocent. Well, we're just going to be on our way. Right. See ya. Have a great night. We're going to skedaddle. And they're like, eh, no. Sorry, um, but... We're hungry. Yeah, and I can't let food just walk off yeah 
sorry about it. Right. But we're going to eat you. Right. The boys are terrified. Because <laughs> we find out earlier, Ron is especially terrified because when he was little, was it George? It was Fred? Fred or George. I thought it was George. I don't know. It's but it doesn't, one of them. it doesn't matter it's necessarily. One of, one of the Trixie twins. I'm not saying it doesn't matter because the twins are the same person. I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying. It's one of the twins. One of the twins. Um, turned Ron's teddy bear into a giant spider thing yeah. when he was little. So now he's terrified of spiders. So yeah. they're about to get eaten. But thank the Lord. The Fort Anglia drives up. Yeah. Because we forgot to tell you, after it crashed into the willow, it um, just kind of drove off. It was like, I'm out of here. Yeah. You've you've gotten me hurt, and I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> and it drove into the forest. Right. Or it drove off. It drove off. But now we know it drove into the forest, and the forest turned it's it turned wild. It wild. And it's come to save the boys. They hop in. Get Fang. It gets them out of there. Yep. They just Not away. quite as dramatic as the movie, but... To me, just as satisfying. Yeah. They, they, uh, yeah. The Fort Anglia comes up to save the day. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the pieces of information that they did find out from Aragog is that the monster, Slytherin's monster, their last victim, died in a bathroom. That's right. And so, while they're in the Fort Anglia getting saved, yeah, Harry's like, Died in the bathroom. Moaning Myrtle. Oh, oh. <laughs> she lives in a bathroom. She lives in a bathroom. Connection? Could it be her? <laughs> so, yep, they realize. It's probably Moaning Myrtle. Right. The pieces are falling together. It's all coming together now. Yeah. And we are to the chapter called The Chamber of Secrets. The namesake. Yep. Here we are. So things are about to get popped off. They're we're getting somewhere now. <laughs> we're getting somewhere. Right. So. so yeah. They're they're putting the pieces together as best they can, just the two of them. Yeah. They're uh, having breakfast and Ginny uh, uh, who we've said this whole time has just been distraught beyond belief. Yeah, a nervous wreck. Comes to the table and she looks like she wants to tell Ron and something. Ron and something. Ron and Harry something. Um, but before she can say anything, Percy pops over and interrupts them and she runs off. Yeah. And the, and Harry and Ron are like, she was going to say something like, I think it was important. I think it had something to do with the chamber. And, and Percy's like, no, no, it w- no, it didn't have anything to do with the chamber. It's something else. Not important. I told her to not tell anybody. Not important. Button your nose in, Percy. Yeah. He's a little bit self-important, pompous, this whole entire book, but we just haven't had the time to really touch base on him. Yeah. But. Yeah. But, yeah, so the boys, still a bit at a loss, go to visit their friend Hermione. Well, actually, no, they were going to go. I think they were going to go to talk to Moaning Myrtle. Yes, they were going to go talk to Moaning Myrtle, but then they got caught halfway, and uh, McGonagall's like, why are you not in your dormitory? What the actual heck? Yeah. And they're like, uh, thought real quick on their feet, well, we wanted to go see Hermione and tell her that, you know, the, the man, because now the mandrakes are ready and everyone's about to be yeah. woken up. Yeah. So they're like, you know, we just wanted to tell her that she was gonna, you know, that things are gonna be okay and she's about to be fixed. She's like, oh, uh, 
She believes oh. them. She's like, of yeah. course you do. Go ahead. So now they have to go. Yeah, they have to go. Because that's where they said they were going. Because she let Madame Pomfrey know that mm-hmm. they're allowed to be in there. So Madame Pomfrey's like, I don't know why you're talking to someone who's petrified. They can't talk back or hear you, but okay, go for it. Yeah. They're sitting there talking to her and uh, they find a piece of paper in her hand. And uh, Hermione figured it out. Of course she did. If only she had said something before she ran off, like I said yeah. ten times. I just can't let it go. But yeah. I digress. I get it. Uh, so it's about she's got a paper, and it's about basilisks. Mm-hmm. Spiders flee before it. It's a giant snake. Um, what is it? The crow of the rooster? Yes. Something, and all of the school's roosters had been killed. Yeah, the crow of the rooster, I think, can kill, kill it. it. Yeah. Um, and just all these pieces are falling into place. Mm-hmm. Like, reading the description, it's a basilisk. Yeah, and it it kills you if you look directly in its eyes. Yeah, yeah. If you look eye to eye with it, you're dead. Dunzo. And, um, and then Hermione had written pipes. Mm-hmm. She thinks that's how it was getting around. That's why Harry was hearing it, because he's a parcel tongue. And he could hear it in the wall. Or a parcel mouth. the pipes. And yeah, and he could hear it moving around and talking in the pipes. Mm -hmm. And then they figure out why nobody died. Mm -hmm. There was water on the floor for the cat. She saw the reflection of the basilisk. Yep. Uh, Colin saw it through his camera. Mm -hmm. Justin saw it through Nearly Headless Nick. And then Hermione and Penelope Clearwater... We're found with a mirror. We're found with a mirror. Because, of course, Hermione, the instant she figured it out, was going to tell everybody she knew, like, walk with a mirror, don't, you know, with something reflective, don't just go popping around corners. I want to know where this basilisk was just popping its head out yeah. for people to see. Yeah. That's my only, like, wait, what? Because it's, <laughs> like, giant. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah so... They kind of, they put all the pieces together. They're, I think they're, are they on their way to go find McGonagall? Yeah. And then that's when they find out there's been another attack. And someone has been taken into the chamber. So all of the staff are called to the staff room. So Harry and Ron run to the staff room. And they basically overhear. I think they might be hiding in there. I don't think the teachers know they're in there. I don't think so. But they can hear, and McGonagall's like, it's Ginny Weasley, and um, we're going to have to close the school, and blah, blah, blah. We have to get the students home tomorrow. And then, you know, Lockhart shows up late, Mm -hmm. and they're like, oh, you're just in time. Actually, glad you're here. You have the opportunity that you've been looking for. You've been bragging that you knew where the chamber is the whole time. You've been bragging you knew what the monster was. So now's your chance. Someone's been snatched. Go do your thing mm-hmm. and save Ginny Weasley. And he's like, yeah, okay, I'll uh, I'll go get ready. You're right. Yeah. Get right on that. Yep. And so Harry and Ron are like, okay, well, we're going to go tell Lockhart what we know. Mm-hmm. And they find him packing his shit because he's about to run. Coward extreme. And uh, he tells them... Actually, I didn't do any of that stuff in my books. I just uh, had other people tell me the stories of things that they had done. And then I modified their memories. 
Because I'm actually, that's the only thing I'm good at. Because that's the only thing I'm good at. Is modifying memories. I'm really good at that charm. Uh, yeah, and stealing their good deeds. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, like, who wants to hear a story about some ugly witcher wizard, you know? Right. He thinks uh, it's got to be some smoking hot yeah. person with charisma. Yeah. And that's him. That's apparently him. You know? They weren't going to benefit from their stories, no. but he could. He could. And then he's like, oh, and by the way, I'm going to obliviate you too. And they're like, yeah. nah. <laughs> yeah. And Harry, obviously, is quick on the draw. Expelliarmus. Disarms him. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you're coming with us. Yeah. We know where the entrance is. Yeah. And we know what it is. Did they need to bring him? Probably not. Probably but it's not. really funny because yeah. it's like, uh, you want to be the hero today? Let's go. Yeah. So they all go to Moaning Myrtle's bathroom. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, Myrtle. Uh, how did you die? Yeah. <laughs> and so then she's like, well, I was in the bathroom because Olive Hornby was making fun of my glasses. Jerk Olive Hornsby. And she's like, I came out of the stall and I just saw a giant pair of yellow eyes and then I was dead. And so she points him to one of the taps that has mm-hmm. never worked. And mm-hmm. Harry's like, oh, yeah, I see a little, little snaky snake mm-hmm. carved there. So yep. he... Does his parcel tongue? Yep. It's, Boom, I it think opens. it's cool that he has to try it a couple times. Yeah. Because it can't. He can't just do it on command right. yet. He has to like imagine that it's a real snake. I mm-hmm. thought that was like a nice touch. Nice touch. Yeah. yeah. So it opens. They hop down the chute, <laughs> and they're walking along. They're looking for the snake, and Gilderoy is. He's not done. With no. his tricks. No. So he's walking back there, snatches Ron's wand, and he's like, all right, the jig is up. Yeah. This say goodbye to your memories. I'm going to say yeah. that uh, it was too late to save the girl and that you two lost your mind at the sight of her mangled body. Yeah. Yeah. He's say up. goodbye to your memories. I'm going to be the 100% yeah. hero with a 0% effort. I'm winning this. So <laughs> it's been real. Right. He does his memory charm but it's ron's wand ba-boom backfire backfires on him destroys the tunnel rocks everywhere yeah so harry is separated from lockhart and ron mm-hmm. so harry has to go on without them because they're all they can't move the rocks there's no, no. other option yeah it's like Ginny could be dying for all right. they know so harry has to go try while ron Figures out a way to get through the rocks. Yep. So Harry moves on. He moves on, and he eventually gets into the actual open chamber. So now we're into the next chapter, Heir of Slytherin. Mm-hmm. And he find, he sees Ginny. She's unconscious at, like, the foot of a giant statue of Salazar Slytherin. And, um... Like, full body statue, full right? Full body statue. I think she's, like, right at his feet. Yep. Um, in the movie, it's just his head. Yeah. But Which, cool visual. It looks cool. Yeah, yeah, it looks really cool. Yeah. Um, and what, what do you know, but Tom Riddle is there. Weird. He looks a little fuzzy around the edges, he's but he's standing there over Ginny. Yeah, he's standing there, and here, here he's like, yo, what's up? <laughs> what you doing here, right? Tom? <laughs> um, so he starts telling Carrie about what has happened to Ginny. Yeah. Well, she found this diary, and she started pouring her heart and soul into it. Literally her Literally soul. Literally her soul. And he was writing back to her, little by little, getting her to trust him. Mm-hmm. Then she then, mentioned this boy, Harry Potter, and, and 
Tom yeah. got real interested. He was like, all right, I'm going to stick around. Yeah. He said it got boring because she was, like, worried. All of her stuff was secondhand mm-hmm. and blah, blah, blah. 11-year-old girl, 11-year-old girl. Yeah. But she put so much into the diary, and then he all of a sudden could just, uh, boop. Control her. her a yeah. Yeah. And then she started having episodes where she couldn't remember what she'd done. She ha- couldn't remember where she was last night, but then she came to and had paint all down her front. And, and there- boo-hoo, she was crying about it. Yeah, and then she had, all the chickens were killed, and she had feathers all over her. Mm-hmm. But she had no recollection of doing anything. So she got freaked out and she dumped the out. diary in the bathroom. Yep. And lo and behold, who picked it up? Harry Potter. Yep. And that's whenever he showed him, hey, it was Hagrid. Lies. Lies. Sorry, that was really loud. (laughs) Lies. So Harry's like, okay, that's all fine and good, but uh, why? Right. What's the point here? Yeah. And he's like, I'm the one. I'm the one who opened it back in the day. Right. And I'm still the one now. Right. So that's, that is essentially what is up here. Yes. And when I met you, I was real anxious about it because she told me how you destroyed Lord Voldemort. And I was real curious how a kid did that. So I wanted to, you know, know more about you and meet you. So when you opened my diary, I was ecstatic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I lied to you, but. You know, it is what it is. And then I possessed Ginny Weasley and now I'm taking her life force. Yeah, but why? Yeah. Um, why do you care about Lord Voldemort? He's beyond, he's past your time. And then Tom says, Voldemort is my past, present, and future because I am Lord Voldemort. That's right. And we actually get, I I think that his evil monologue is even better in the book mm-hmm. than the movie because we get a little bit more backstory. He's like, you know, it's a name I came up with for myself in school. I used it with my closest friends. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, he's not going to keep his dad Tom's name because he's named after his dad and his grandfather. Tom for his muggle father, Marvolo, um, for his grandfather his mother's father his mother was a witch and then riddle the last name um his muggle father abandoned them before he was even born Mm -hmm. because he says because he found out his mother was a witch right but there's a lot more to it than that but that doesn't come you don't get to find out that here but so yeah he's He's ticked off. He hates muggles because of it and, you know, wanted no association with it. And he became Lord Voldemort. Yep. And somehow he uh, placed a copy of himself in this diary just in case it was needed. Is that, was that the reason? I can't. So that someone could open the chamber after he's left. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. And then he's like, all right, well. This has been a real good chat, but <laughs> it's time for me to kill you now. Right. <laughs> so he calls the basilisk, mm-hmm. and the basilisk comes out. He's a big giant snake. Can't look it in the eye. He yeah. will die. <laughs> Harry is being very cautious, keeping his eyes closed shut. Mm-hmm. And um, 
then he hears the Phoenix song. Yeah, he hears singing, and and all of a sudden, Fox shows up. Fox shows up. He's got the sorting hat in his claws. I think right before that happens, uh, Tom slash Voldemort, Tom, is uh, mocking Dumbledore. You know, he's like, you know, he was driven out by the mere memory of me kind Mm -hmm. of thing. And Harry's like, "Uh, no. And as long as people are loyal to him, like, he'll never be gone. Yeah. And then Fox Fox shows up. Fox shows up. And um, Fox pecks out the eyes of the basilisk. Mm -hmm. And he has the uh, sorting sorting hat hat. with him. He drops that on the ground and then, yeah, pecks out some basilisk guys. That's right. That's one less thing we got to worry about. That's one less thing. And Tom is kind of like, well, that weapon's gone, but you can still track him with the smell. You've still got your venom. Yeah, because their bite is venomous. Just kill kill the kid. Right. Get eat on him. It. You know, you're giant. <laughs> Just eat him. Right. Ignore the bird. <laughs> Ignore it. So, uh... Harry pulls the sword of Gryffindor out of the hat. Yeah, he puts it on his head and is just like, Okay, you must be here for a reason. Help me, help me, help me! Yeah, and it's just like, thunk. Yeah, thunks him on the top of his head. Yeah, which Ouchie. probably he's concussed a little. Oh, gotta be. So, that happens, and he's wielding the sword... Stabs the snake. Stabs the snake. But in doing so, sacrifices himself because when he stabs the snake, he gets a fang in the arm. Yep, he does. And he feels the venom almost immediately. It's yeah. spreading. And uh, Tom's kind of like mocking. He's like, even the bird's crying. <laughs> he knows you're dead. But then his arm is healing because as we remember, ah, uh, shoot. Phoenix tears. They... They heal you. I'll shoot from Tom's perspective. Yeah. Oh yeah, from Harry's perspective. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so he's he's getting healed up by the Phoenix Tears, mm-hmm. and the diary is not too far away from him. Yeah. So he's got the basilisk fang in his hand, yeah. and something in his brain just says, "Won't you go ahead and stab that diary?" Yep. So he stabs the diary, and Riddle, basically. Evaporates, evaporates to nothing. And the diary, like, spews out ink, and it's it's destroyed. It's a whole thing. And then Ginny wakes up, because her soul power... <laughs> yeah, her, yeah, her life force. Her life force is returned to her. Yep. And she's like, It was Harry, me. <laughs> what? Yeah, she's like, I jacked up. And Harry's like, listen, I know that it was Tom Riddle in the yeah. diary, and you're good. We're, we're good. Cool. We're cool. We're saved. We got this. They're on their way out. Yeah. So they're walking out. Ron has managed to get a hole in the rock. Yes. And uh, so they get through the hole. Lockhart is jacked. Messed up. <laughs> <laughs> His memory charm was too good. So totally backfired. And he he doesn't even know who he is, doesn't no. know what magic. <laughs> <laughs> or he knows, I guess he knows what magic is, but doesn't know anything about the world that he's yeah, in he or has, the people he's talking to. Yeah, he doesn't know who he is, where he is, what he is, yep. what, anything, nothing. nothing. He's just... One might say a justified gone. end for a piece of garbage like yeah. him, but... Yeah. So we, uh, we fly out on the tail slash feathers, fe- whatever, of the... Fox flies us out of yeah. the chamber because they can carry immensely heavy loads. That's so. right. Several people is an immensely heavy load. Yes. 
Yes, and he leads them to McGonagall's office. Yeah. And Molly and Arthur are there. Mm-hmm. Dumbledore is there. Yeah, he he immediately came back. He yeah. found out from some of the governors that... Oh, Luscious Lucius. Was being a little sneaky and threatening their families yeah. if they didn't get him kicked out. Yeah. Not cool, my Not man. cool. So he comes back and is reinstated. Him yep. and Harry have a chit-chat about what went on mm-hmm. and, you know, that his loyalty to Dumbledore is what called Fox to him. And only a true Gryffindor could have pulled the sword out of the hat. Yep. All kinds of just... Just little precious Yeah, nice moments. bits of info. Yeah. So, everything is cool. Ginny's not going to get in trouble. Right. Harry, I think, even tells Dumbledore about Aragog, so they yeah. get Hagrid's name cleared. Yeah. Everyone is cleared of their misdeeds. And um, so Dumbledore and Harry have, like, their moment alone, and Harry's like, am I a Slytherin? Should I be in Slytherin? Mm-hmm. I can talk to snakes. And, you know, Dumbledore is like, that's what sets you apart is your choices. Yep. You chose Gryffindor, so you are a true Gryffindor. Right. So. Yep. All the niceness. And then we get some Lucius Malfoy again. Yep. He shows up. He's mad. He busts in. He's like, what the heck are you doing here? Yeah. I thought I got Come you on. kicked out. Come on. Yeah. Do- Dobby is with him, so this is when we find out that Dobby's master is the Malfoys. Yep. And he kind of points the diary points to Lucius. Uh-huh. And he's like doing what he can, like, put it together, put it together. So, uh, Harry, like, just calls him out to his face. He's like, hey, you were the one that was messing with Jenny Weasley and her books. You put the diary in her mm-hmm. things. Yeah. You snuck it in. And he's yeah. just like, don't be ridiculous. Yeah. I didn't do that. And Dumbledore's like, yeah, well, if any of Voldemort's old crap finds its way in my school again or in the hands of children, Not the ministry's cool going to be really hunting your house. Yeah. For exactly. sure. For sure. <laughs> so Malfoy stomps out. Mm-hmm. And Harry's like, can I? get that diary yeah oh and on the way out he just like kicks dobby yeah just kicks him so clearly they treat dobby uh somehow worse than the dursleys treat harry yeah yeah so oh and the thing about house elves they can't you can't give them clothing because if you give them clothing then they are no longer in servitude that is how they are set free so uh they they don't and i they make it even seem more strict. Like, they don't even leave laundry hanging yeah. about. Like, they can't even, like, have it laying on the floor for him yeah. to pick up. Like, so I guess they do their own laundry, but they make him do everything else. Yeah. Whatever. However wizards do laundry. Right. I, guess. I know. Magic, Whatever. I suppose. Magic, yeah. So, but. yeah. Harry stubs the diary in one of his socks, and he follows Lucius, and he throws just thrusts it into his hands. Mm-hmm. I think he, like, get, just has the sock on top of the diary. Like, in the book, it's, like, hidden, but in, or, sorry, in the movie, it's hidden, hidden, but in the book, it's just, like, on the diary, and Lucius is, like, ew, and, and like, he, throws like, the sock. flings the sock, and Dobby gets it. He catches it. And he's, Dobby, you 
so free. Yeah. Yeah. So Harry effectively is the cause of Dobby being free. Yep. And so Lucius is pissed because he's lost his servant now. He's going to do it all by himself. Yeah. Oh, my God. Even though you can do magic, so how taxing right. really is And if it? you're not good at house cleaning charms, guess what? I'm sure there is a witch or wizard out there that has a cleaning business. Yeah, and also get a quick spell course. Right, if you're not good at it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he is ticked, is about to like lay some magic on a child. Yeah. Because he's mad, and Dobby's like... Uh, heck no, you will not harm Harry Potter. That's right. Not in front of me. Right. And he, like, blows Lucius back. Yeah. And I guess he probably limps off or something. I'm not yeah. really sure. <laughs> yeah. He just, you know, stalks away. Right. So. Um, so all is right with the world. All is right. They have, like, an all-night feast. Yep. Hagrid partay. returns. Yeah, partay. Hagrid returns. Not uh, hung up by someone's ruddy owl <laughs> or anything. He just yeah, he just he gets freed at home. the appropriate time. Yeah. <laughs> um. So they party it up. They get Hagrid back, and Hermione's unpetrified, Hermione, just like everyone else. Yeah. Everybody is woken up. We're the gang's all here, and um, the, basically school ends. Yeah. I think they're. Are they back on the train when they ask Jenny about Percy? I thought it was during the party, but it could be on the train. I can't remember. But they were like, what were you? Yeah, they were like, oh, so you were going to. She was like, yeah, I was going to tell you about the chamber. But, oh, yeah, Percy told me not to tell you. (laughs) He's been uh, snogging Penelope Clearwater. They're dating. So the girl that also got petrified at the same time as Hermione was Percy's girlfriend. Yeah. And she walked in on him kissing. Yep. You know, because he's, he's too hoity-toity to, you know, let yeah. anybody know that he has romantic feelings for anybody. Right, exactly. It's not academic, so. Oh, no. And, of course, you know, we got, I got to look at this, this quote. Hermione, your aunt and uncle will be proud, though, won't they? Said Hermione as they got off the train and joined the crowd thronging toward the enchanted barrier. When they hear what you did this year? Proud, said Harry. Are you crazy? All those times I could have died and I didn't manage it? They'll be furious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, it's a really, like, funny quote. So good. Yeah. Maddie pulled that one out and it is perfection. I, I love that one as well. But, yeah, that's, like, the, um, that's the end. That's Pretty it. much. So. Da, 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 da. If we missed anything, literally. I feel like. <laughs> It is incredibly minor. Right. Yep. Uh huh. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's Chamber of Secrets. Um, the film, the Chamber of Secrets film, is very like in keeping with the first. Yep. It's Chris Columbus. It's got the same like fun whimsy. It is a little darker, a little more like noir yeah. in the first film. Yeah, in color scheme. In color yeah. scheme, mm-hmm. yeah. It's very like Slytherin color scheme. Mm-hmm. So, um, Which I didn't really notice that until you had pointed it out and I was like, oh, you know what, you're right. The first yeah. one is very golden red. It's very, yeah, warm, warm. And then yeah. the second one is very a little cold. cold. Yeah. yeah. So he did very well in that. And it mm-hmm. like really does like kind of bring up the idea that is 
thrown out there a lot that when JK was originally writing these, she was going to give each house kind of their own focus. Yeah, I didn't books. know that, but that's such a cool idea. Um, but yeah, that's that's like the conjecture is that the first one is supposed to be like all exemplifying the traits of a Gryffindor, and then the second one mm-hmm. is like exploring Slytherin and the origins of Slytherin and all that and. But after the second one is whenever they got really popular, so she had to yeah. focus more on the through plot. Yeah. I could see where that would be restrictive if you're trying to mold it just to, like, a theme because it's pleasing, not because yeah. it, belong- like, perfectly fits, like, right. the overall story. Yeah. And I think there are elements in other books where you get more of one house like Mm -hmm. in the fourth you get Cedric Diggory so you get more like Hufflepuff in there yeah and in the fifth you get Luna so you get a little more Ravenclaw yes I think it's lost in the movies but it's definitely there in the books yeah you get a little bit more as you get through yeah especially because in the later books they interact with more students from other houses a lot in general yeah so, um, but I can understand why, it, and on one hand, it would be have been cool to have had, like, the third book be, like, very Ravenclaw and yeah. get a lot of background on Ravenclaw as a house. Yeah. And then get a Hufflepuff. But also, yeah. at this point, we need to, like, get into the story. We like, need we rolling. need to focus on. Yep the actual task at hand here so it makes sense yep for sure our next novel is legend born by tracy dion i'm very excited i am only two chapters in or something but i'm very excited already this is gonna be a good one yeah it's um a super popular book on book talk which this is one of the ones that I would say um, worth the hype. Um, some are worth the hype. Some are definitely not. But this is <laughs> this is one that's worth it. It's a YA, so just know that going in. Mm-hmm. Keep that as you're framing the story. Don't be looking for extra spicy perverts. No, <laughs> no spice. <laughs> um, <laughs> just kidding. But no, really uh, love loved Legendborn a lot, so really excited to talk about it. Awesome. Me too. And I guess we're going to do our final thoughts. Yeah. Is need, it necessary? Need we rate it? Because you know it's going to be like 10 out of 5. Yeah. 15 out of 5. 20 out of 5. A million out of 5. Yeah. All the stars. Doesn't... All the Harry Potters are that. Even if you rank them differently, like in mm. order, they're still all great. And even with our nitpicks, it's just... Yeah. It doesn't matter. The stories are amazing enough to us that it doesn't matter. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed, for sure. Um, This one, I remember when I was reading the books, I had a hard time getting through. For some reason, I get... I feel like boring is too harsh, but really, like, it's a lot of repeat, right? It's like, we're walking, we hear the voice, someone else is petrified. We're walking, we hear the Mm -hmm. voice, someone else is petrified. So I don't know if just not enough happened, but like for some reason I remember it being a little bit of a slog for me when I was younger. Mm -hmm. Now it's not Mm -hmm. at all, and I really enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's actually my husband Caleb's favorite movie. Like he loves Chamber of Secrets. Mm -hmm. Loves, loves, loves it. Um, It's probably still my least favorite but I'm not 100% sure it's been a while since I've read the book so 
but right now I would say that it sits at the bottom. But again, the bottom of a 10 out of 10 series is still yeah. <laughs> a great book. But yeah. um, I love that we get to go to the borough and like get to learn more about the Weasleys and get a little bit more of their personalities and their yeah. home life. That's probably the thing that I love the most about mm-hmm. this book. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, I think I do, I do remember whenever I was reading it originally that I, I the first time I read it, I do think I liked it more than Philosopher's Stone. Mm-hmm. Um, now I think that would be reversed. I think now I enjoy Philosopher's Stone a little more. But um, I think originally it's the continuation of the story, of course. You're just, like, excited to read the next book. You don't have to spend as much time, like, world building because it. while there are little snippets in there to remind you of things, it's not the first time you're getting the information. So right. it doesn't feel like you're spending too much time there. Right. And there's always a, an element of uh, enjoyment when you're going back into a world of familiarity. So I think that's probably when I was younger why I was like, Mm -hmm. oh yeah. Really excited about it. Really loved it. Not that I don't love it still. Yeah. Um, I really like Gilderoy Lockhart's character. He's (laughs) just so stupid. You love to dislike him. (laughs) Yeah. I I love characters that are there to like be unlikable. Yeah. They're just so interesting. It's really interesting to me to have, like, those different types of characters. Especially because he's not a villain, but he's not... He's not a villain, and he's not mean to the protagonist, like Snape. Right. um, Or Filch. Mm -hmm. But he's also, like, not a good guy. Right. So he's that... In that weird gray area. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And he's also just bumbling and dumb. Yep. So, yeah. Really love Gilderoy. Just the comedic relief. Yes. Nice. That's a lot of good stuff in there. That's a lot of levity. Yeah. You you talking about, like, the not having to, like, get as deep into the lore and stuff. I also remember when I was younger, like, the bits where I could tell that they were, like, recapping for me. Yeah. For some reason, I got annoyed by it. I'm like, yeah, I already know this. But, yeah. like, now I'm like, thanks for reminding me just in case yeah. I forgot. And I, <laughs> so I yeah. don't know what my problem was with it then. Yeah. But, um... I, I don't know. But I also kind of realize on this on this reread that, like, this is the beginning of a lot more false accusations towards Harry. Like, yeah. Draco accuses him of being, like, famous Harry Potter, da-da-da-da-da, like, all that stuff. But it's, like, it's starting now. Like, this kid gets falsely accused of doing all kinds of stuff and his reputation is continuously wrongfully ruined Mm -hmm. and he's just treated like you know a conspirator and like an evil person like and Mm -hmm. this is just the beginning like this is not the this is the first but this is not the last time this happens to this poor kid yeah i know it's really it's really sad yeah but yeah we'll see and we get to see harry and ron actually solve some things without Hermione. Yes. Like, even though they did have to find the paper in her hand to actually know it's a basilisk, but they did figure out, uh, they went to Aragog, they figured out that Moaning Myrtle is probably the la- the person who died 50 years ago. Yeah, Let's yeah, they contributed her. a lot to this puzzle. They found where the, in- they figured out where the entrance to the chamber was, like... 
they figured out a lot of stuff without yeah. Hermione. So oh, yeah. I, I, you know. They pulled their weight in the trio. They did. It's a very balanced trio, really. Yeah. Yeah, they they balance each other very well, so. Yep. Yeah, I mean, my Goodreads review on this is obviously five out of five. Yep. Um, love it. I'll take... I'll take any Harry Potter, Agreed. honestly. Agreed. So, perfection, all all of it's great and good <laughs> and beautiful. Yep. So, so. Uh, if you think we're great and wonderful, uh, we would appreciate it if you would please rate and review us. Yeah. That would be awesome. Totally. You can do it on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure you can do it on other platforms as well. I just don't have the names of them off the yeah, top of my head right I now. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Audible. Audible, yes. That's it, too. That's the only other one that I know for sure you can rate. But, um, yeah. Do all the stuff. Yep. Send along your uh, book recs to our email. Let us know if you've read any of the books that we've covered. If this is the first time you're going through Harry Potter. I doubt it, but if it is. Yeah. Let us know your thoughts. And also, sorry for all the spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Um, hopefully, you if you tried to listen to our coverage of Philosopher's Stone, the spoiler alert at the beginning... Um, let you know that we were going to spoil the whole series for you in that yeah. one. I we actually have not done any like serious spoilers really. You said a in this pretty one. big one earlier about Which serious. One? <laughs> you said something about serious dying earlier. <laughs> Did I? I thought I, thought I made I a mental note because I was like dying. Whoop. Well, I said something about Sirius and Regulus yeah. being in the, the Blacks, him being the only good of the Blacks. Right, but I, I can't remember what you were saying, but you said something about after Sirius dies. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. If you catch it on the edit, you know, Yeah. no big, but <laughs> when you we'll said see. that, I was like, oopsie. Otherwise, yeah. we did pretty good. Yeah. You're like, I don't believe you. <laughs> no, I'm sure I said it. That's just It's like, all good old information you just can't help it no you can't no. it just comes out it does so it does. yeah i'm sure i said it for sure I, I mean, i'll take it out <laughs> if i if i can isolate it right if not then we'll just put the spoiler warning at the beginning of the episode it's all good yay you know you're like it is what it is the only other series really that we could spoil on this is lord of the rings mm-hmm I don't know. We've started. We haven't started any other series. Mm-mm. No, I don't think so. I mean, the discovery of witches, but we haven't gone back to it, and I don't know that we have plans to. Oh yeah. I mean, it maybe eventually. I forgot. That I mean, that was in a the series, yeah, in the immediate. Honestly, huh? Yeah, I forgot that was a series. To be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> and it's like a real cliffhanger at the end there. Yeah. Oh, man. I guess let us know if you guys really want us to get to the rest of the books in that series, or if you don't give a hoot. Yeah, give us a shout on that. um, Our tunes and artwork were a collaboration of the We Read Books crew, this crew of two. As always. Yep. Just the two of us. (laughs) Um, And until we catch you next time, Never trust anything that can think for itself if you can't see where it keeps its brain. But still read books. Absolutely.
Okay, bye. Bye.